please enter room 2008. Room 2008, once again, we're back in the flesh, and we have a special guest, but we're going to wait to introduce him, because right now, look into Peter's eyes, look at him. Oh, no. <laughs> if you can look see him. him. You can see into oh, his uh, dark soul. Here comes a bit. <laughs> no, I'm not doing any sound clips tonight. Tonight's a different uh, different type of episode, um, and I'm going to have El Diablo take it for right. me. And kinda right. Right. So, I get the distinct pleasure of introducing the... First Room 2008 podcast guest, one of my good friends, Cole Andrews, to the show. Uh, we go way back. That's right. That's right. The first. And that means you'll have a uh, – what do we have? What do we have? We have T-shirts. We have flags. Uh, little um, glasses with Room 2008 on the front. We have, like – beanies do we yeah, have we're still, we're still working on those okay yeah <laughs> well when we get them cole you'll get the first one so now seriously though um thank I, you I, I i can't be more excited to have one of my good friends join us tonight on room 2008 um we go way back and for our topic tonight he is the expert on what we're going to be talking about a little false. bit about cole <laughs> not Very only false. is he like one of the coolest guys on this flat earth no, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but, you wrote uh, that down, didn't you? No, I've been waiting. Just about it. So ever since yesterday, I was like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta remember that." No, seriously. Awesome. Um, I got a zinger. <laughs> so originally, he's from Startville, and uh, Mississippi. That is. Uh, Cole answered the call to ministry in 2017. He met his wife April, which I know dearly. My wife's uh, one of her best friends. Uh, we all hung out together. That was great. At Delta State University, go fighting ochres. And uh, Cole's been trained at New Orleans Baptist Theology, uh, Theological Seminary and the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Cole desires to see the whole family disciplined and deeply rooted in God's Word. He also just finished his thesis titled The Tripartite. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Awesome. The Tripartite Impact of Pornography on Local Church, the Brain, the Body, and the Balance of Life. Cole also enjoys cooking, and I know firsthand due to our 90s cover band Spuds McKenzie. He loves to play guitar, and he plays with the Helix, and his sound is freaking <laughs> awesome. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce Cole. I'm, dude, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much oh, for joining man. us. What an, what an introduction. <laughs> so much. One of the best guys Pleasure. around. I appreciate the Line 6 plug. Oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I know I'm it's one of your – Line 6. Exactly. When you're, I wanted to get you that endorsement, maybe some free pedals and some free plugins. Yeah. So, yeah. how are we doing? Uh, I know, first off, I want to say Cole is under the weather. And instead of rescheduling, he was like, I'm down for it. Let's knock it out. Uh, he can't be more good. ready for the podcast tonight. But uh, he is a little under the weather. So, if you cough and you clip the, and you distort the channels and stuff like that, man, don't worry about it. It's all good. Well, so. I'm trying to mute myself, but thank you, man. I'm very, very excited to be here. I, I did my, uh, I prepared pretty well. 
Um, some of these questions um, <clears throat> are not particularly covered in routine seminary education. And just to dive into that a little bit, my first degree is called a Master of Divinity. And what it is, it's a very standard um, degree. Uh, someone that wants to be in pastoral leadership, typically they go to seminary and they complete what's called an MDiv. It takes about three years. Uh, you study Hebrew for one year, Greek for one year, and then you fill in a lot of miscellaneous topics uh, like systematic theology, church history, uh, discipleship, evangelism, et cetera, et cetera. And then after you graduate with that, that qualifies you pretty much to lead any church. It's not necessary, but it's, it is to study uh, at length. In the second degree, I'm about to graduate in oh, two weeks, is a Master of Theology. And so what that is, is it's a deep dive into one subject. And so I studied practical theology for the last 18 months uh, under Dr. Andrew Walker, who's a fantastic ethicist in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and so he advised my project and uh, I worked with a few people overseas. And so it was, it was much more intensive, but I studied one thing and it revolved around uh, completing my thesis. So um, it's, it's, uh, you guys are more than welcome to read it. I'm not sure it's any, any good, but uh, I was before I knew the title, uh, cause I didn't know the title. I didn't know what your thesis went on. We had, you know, we were talking and stuff and he told me you were completing your thesis. I never even thought to ask what it was over. So my apologies on that. <laughs> and okay. then he sent it. Now That's I okay. I want to ask what it's about, but but first I want to ask what is practical theology like in a nutshell? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you would take um, there are different arms of theological study, and so if you took uh, if you if you were to hear someone say theology proper, that would be the study of God, um, who God is, and so Christians submit themselves to systematic theology which is taking everything that's written about God and who God is and understanding it on a systematic level. So for instance, who is God? What is creation? What is salvation? What is sin? Those kind of 30,000 foot questions. Yeah. And then you have other topics such as biblical theology, which is what does the Bible say about all these systematic And Uh-oh. Oh, Right before it, right before it got good. Yeah, the it'll, it'll, kick, it'll kick back in. What it is, we're getting censored because we're talking about, uh, you know, God and the Bible and everything else tonight. So of course they're going to try to censor us. Yep. There he oh, is. He's back. Oh, he's back. Did, back? That go Did that answer come through? It was a good one. <laughs> you, you cut you cut out there for about fifteen twenty seconds. I'm sure you wrote it down. Just reread it. <laughs> No, so it uh yeah, right well, I can't oh, remember your exact words right before you went off. But um oh man, help me. I think out. you got muted it was, for it was getting good. Yeah. Um well no, there I mean I've 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 given that answer a thousand times, but um I'll I'll start again. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's about um, fifteen seconds we missed. Sure, sure. So theology proper is the study of God, and Christians call that systematic theology, where they answer questions like who is God? What is creation? What is sin? What is salvation? Um, and, and all of these questions that you would take from a 30,000 foot view. Then biblical theology, which is, and by the way, you can, you can study these levels of theology all the way to, you know, doctorate level degrees. 
And then biblical theology would be looking at what the Bible has to say about those questions. Um, you know, where in the Bible can I learn about who God is? And then practical theology would be essentially how do we look answers out as individuals, groups, uh, countries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so practical theology becomes the life part of understanding God. So how should I live in response to that answer? Um, sometimes it's called applied theology, but practical or applied theology, they're both the practical portions of it, really. To an amateur like me, to Christianity, just because, you know, we, I don't study it, obviously, but to think that there's a, um, a course and lifelong research you could do on uh, who God is seems drastically complex because that is yeah. kind of the ultimate, like you don't know, but I, I mean, I'm not getting into that because I know that there is probably just all kinds of information to describe that, but that alone just seems. Yeah. I mean, you start to dive into philosophical work and you get into these classic arguments that people have been having for thousands of years. Um, you know, who is God? Can we know God? Is there a God? Um, I took one philosophy class and my mind about exploded in seminary. It was incredible. Um, but the types of questions that they're asking are, are very, um, they're answerable. I think as, as I'll say later uh, tonight when some questions get asked, but I think they are answerable through scripture, but um, it, it, yeah, it's the brain buster type stuff. Can no, I ask you to uh, go ahead? I think Drew was going to say something or Peter. Oh no, I, I I was just responding. That's this is all very interesting. Um, I can't I can't wait to dive in because uh, I I think there's some parallels going uh, with with my crazy conspiracy research, and it, what's what's interesting about it is it's starting to like direct me back to the Bible. Um. Uh, which is which is uh, I, I I don't even know how to describe it. like the process up until this point is there's been so many ups and downs and, and twists and turns, but uh, I think I think a lot of this stuff lines up and I, I I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Before we blast into it, the tripartite impact of pornography on the local church, the brain, the body, and the balance of life. Can you kind of give us the crash? a definition of that thesis and what the objective was or the yeah. thought behind it. Yeah. I'd be glad to, uh, I had to write an abstract, uh, for the project to, in 150 words. So, yeah. um, but essentially, um, there's a lot of devotional matter on pornography saying like porn is bad. It's, you shouldn't do it. Um, especially from the faith standpoint. Uh, of course there are people, uh, from a secular standpoint, to say it's not bad, uh, it's amoral. And so basically what I set out to prove uh, is that not only is it detrimental to you, it's detrimental to others when you're involved with it. And so I take a systematic approach in saying that it doesn't just harm your functions of life, it takes you down piece by piece. So it begins to alter your chemistry. Right, you're engaging with sexually explicit material that's tricking your brain into thinking that you're having a sexual relationship when you're not, and so then you begin to become hooked on it like you would any substance. And then after your brain breaks down and you can no longer control uh, impulses and urges, which is essentially the point of your body to reject the brain's 
you know, if the brain telling you, Hey, walk into traffic, uh, your, or your body might say that your brain, you know, you're, you're going to work together in a cohesive manner, right. uh, homeostasis. Uh, well, once that breaks down, your body begins to break down. You begin to lose uh, your, your healthy sexual function as a male uh, without being too, you know, vulgar. You can imagine what that is like, but, um, and then once that breaks down, I argue that, that you know, if you're so in a church, especially in a church, a young, and I wrote from the perspective of males, um, because that's what I am and that's what I understand. But um, especially if that's something uh, you struggle with in the church, it's then going to affect uh, the congregation in ways that you can't understand. And the reason I was motivated to write that is because the statistics, you know, Christians, uh, myself as a professing Christian, especially a, a minister, um, I like to pull the blanket uh, out from under the table, so to speak, you know, Christians tend to position themselves saying, oh, we're, we're much more pious and pure. Well, if you look at like statistics, especially on pornography use, it's the same inside and outside the church. And so that's why I felt compelled to write it because people realize uh, what it's doing to you as an individual. And then, I mean, then you can argue the fact that what is it doing to the people that are involved in the production of it? Are they all willingly, you know, willing participants? Are they all happy to be there, you know, it, it's just a very dark uh, industry. You know, I have a hard time believing the women are there <laughs> wanting to be there. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure that I'm sure there are uh, some that do, maybe, maybe. Um, but both male and female alike. But I would, I would tend to argue there's a um, Layla McElthwaite. I, I can't remember if that's how her name, but she's an attorney she's specifically targeting some websites to, uh, you know, for sex trafficking. So, I mean, there's, there's just, it's, it's just dark. It's, um, it's dangerous. And And uh, that's a deep, deep subject right there alone. I I have a, I have a quick question. So like, uh, given that it's like detrimental to your like sexual health and overall health, really, uh, mental health, et cetera. Um, do you uh, like, is it, is it a coincidence that it's uh, just so like readily available? Like it's all like just free. Um, and that does, that doesn't strike me as a coincidence. Um, uh, what, what do you think about that? Well, I certainly would agree, uh, Peter, like, you know, part of the opening part of my paper is that I use this reference from when I was a kid and we were on vacation and we drove by like an adult store and I asked my dad, what is that? And he's like, Oh, you can't go in there. And how in the past people used to have to physically, and I don't mean this vulgar because people do inappropriately expose themselves, but people would have to take the risk of being seen going into places that, uh, you know, sold, you know, pornographic material, theaters, things like that. Well, now you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, there was some shame connected to it. Correct, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And so now that the shame's gone, uh, it's essentially, uh, you know, people call it like a silent drug. You know, no you, no one can know. You could right. you, can, you can effectively live your life uh, and still be decently high-functioning. I wouldn't say very high-functioning. Um, and, and no one would know. But, um, yeah, it's the, the ubiquitous nature of smartphones uh has been good for some things but bad for a lot of things and that's one of them yeah um interesting i i never thought about the it eliminated the shame aspect that's that's really interesting 
was uh was porn free back when like AOL.com was out like back in the early days of the internet for the public dude we had to pay just kidding <laughs> well i mean you know I found a credit I'm card gonna... <laughs> this is my department gonna... <laughs> allow me to answer no. <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna sit here and like act like i've never used it before um you know i never remember it being available until honestly until I state and someone showed me like a free site but so i don't think so um back in the day i would imagine that you know, until 2000, you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, having and streaming video online was not something that most websites, you know, mm -hmm. had a function to. Right, have. right. Everything was pretty heavily text-based or picture-based. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, it, was and that's pictures. Another it was pictures yeah. back then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that. And, yeah. we, would, and we would wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> having a picture, and I'm just, you know, full... Like non disclosure here, you know, having a picture uh, of a naked girl back in 2000, I don't know, like early 2000s was like some way of like it was like cash, you know, you yeah. could trade with it, right? Like if you had a, uh, like you could, that, right? but uh, <laughs> like, like I got this, you could, oh man, you could. You know, I can see you on jacket, <laughs> just open your jacket, hey man. Now, keep in mind, I didn't know how to use a printer, so I'm not talking about myself, but. Uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, when when you said pictures, I'm like, oh, you know, I get it. It wasn't video. Video is like kind of recent, yeah. you know. Video is very not recent, not too long ago. And yeah. uh, other than that, it was just pictures. And when they, man, I, that's that's crazy. That brings uh, me back to some great days. I kind of have another question. So, like, what do you think about uh, explicit material? I mean, I, I guess. Uh, it, to modern standards, that definition is kind of vague, but or is is gotten vague. But I've noticed that like very explicit material is seeping into like TV shows that everybody watches. Uh, uh, oh, you know, on the all over like the Snapchat Discover tab, and you know, you just oh, you man. just scroll. It's and it's impossible not to see just utter filth. Instagram. Yeah, and uh, so what? What do you think about that? Are, there's, there's like, are you beginning to see it like entering like mainstream culture in a, in a, in a way? Like, yeah, uh, that's a great question, Peter. I mean, you and I talked about that briefly. I don't know if you remember when we were at your house there for a second. We yeah, I remember we briefly, it. yeah. Um, and, and we, we talked about our affinity for Seinfeld and how, um, you know, culture, culture changed or shifted mm -hmm. with, uh, with the introduction to Seinfeld and, and, and I mean, I, I could go on and on about that, but I'm not uh, <laughs> yeah. second, second podcast. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I 100% uh, think it's, it's true. Um, you know, there's, if you look at, for example, take um, like game of Thrones mm. and I'm not knocking game of Thrones. I've never watched it. Um, you can't, I've never seen it either. Um, or, it's or, explicit. Right. And, but it's not the only one. And so I'm not going to sit here and just dog on them. But when shows, um, when things went, I think, to progressive, well, let me back up. I'm getting a little subtle. Like 2010, 2011, 2012, YouTube on the scene as, uh, you know, like a host and, and, and websites shift towards online streaming. You know, we start to see streaming services. Hulu comes up. You know, we're watching things online. Um, but I still think, you know, quite a few years has to pass before 
everything is an online first format. Mm-hmm. And you even see that now with um, like movies, not even going to uh, theaters first anymore, you know, just right. being simultaneously released everywhere. And so the reason I'm taking that uh, train of thought is that when everyone is going online first for, for basically everything, I think just our general market space is going to go online. And what I mean by that is that explicit material has kind of long been in our market space, Uh, whether it's been uh, more, you know, whether it's been kind of uh, garnered to, to premium cable like HBO's, you know, Showtime, things like that. Now we're seeing it on Netflix. We're seeing it on, um, you know, we're still not seeing it on, primetime TV, but the numbers for primetime TV can't be all that encouraging because uh, everyone's tuning into streaming. And so right. I think it's just a culture shift to what we use and that people, the old adage that sex sells is, is true. And, and um, part of the argument in my paper is that, you know, consistent pornography use is going to, um, is going to uh, require that your brain be exposed to more extreme views so that you can reach the same level of uh, dopamine uh, secretion in your brain. And so I think that's what happens is that, you know, 10 years ago, what we, you know, I, I, we can all remember in Transformers where Megan Fox was working on that car and everybody was just like, oh my gosh, this is the, the hottest thing. Or maybe I just remember that. Um, no, I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah, don't tell my church. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know that's not even risque anymore, and, right? Uh, so, um, and so, you know, that was like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and so I think people are just de- growing. My answer in, in a long form, Peter, is just people are more desensitized to violence and sexual like material. I, def- and, I definitely agree. I mean, some things I just can't I can't watch, um, just because. Um, and and Peter, an artist, I would say this like. There things that are explicit, I think, can be done in good art, in good yeah. form of art. Um, and I think I'm willing to watch that or into an, at least give it a shot. Sometimes it's just bad taste. Right, um, right. So. How long do you think it'll be before Disney Plus? Uh, you know, because they just had this. Uh, I hate to change the subject because we have a lot of material to go over tonight. And your <laughs> thesis was so, uh, I don't know, it was interesting to say the least yeah so, that's, you that's, know that's super interesting I've... i hate i hate to stick on that but it's like you know disney plus just put up this new show animated show it's coming up on my five-year-old's uh, advertisements and it's the first time they have like um you know some animated uh, uh i think it's uh males that you know fall in love and stuff over this show and and it's like disney plus is probably gonna start coming out with like everybody gets desensitized to all this stuff right so at what point is Disney going to be pushing this whole, you know, love uh-huh. scenes in their cartoons and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, that's just, that scares me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, it used to be all that Disney stuff was like subtly in there. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen like compilations oh, of yeah. all of the subliminal stuff in yeah. Disney films. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty alarming. And that, that ties back into what we were talking about, about, you know, the, uh, the availability of pornography and, how uh, every you know everything's becoming streaming, and now all that stuff is starting to bleed into pop culture because everybody has access to it now. I I feel like it's a coordinated effort 
Uh, but that's, you know, the conspiracy uh, Pete talking. Yeah, I don't feel it's going to be long before Disney puts out a movie and they have a, a prince and someone, a beautiful character, you know, and actually have like a sex scene and like a cartoon for kids, an animated movie for kids and actually like a sex scene. Probably won't be male, you know, male, male, female, female. It probably won't be anything like that. But um, I don't think it'll be long before they actually start uh, having sex scenes and cartoons. You yeah, know, it's the next it's five, already five years. started with some with some cartoons. I mean, that are of course for adult audiences, but young audiences have access to the stuff like that. What's that show called? It's a uh, uh, Big Mouth or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a that's a incredibly disturbing show, and you know just just the thought of like you know you're a kid, you're like uh, flipping channels or clicking on this or that, and you're like oh a cartoon, and and then that stuff is on there, and it's just like. It's, it's all just so accessible and you know i want things to be accessible of course but i don't know it's just it's just out of control uh it's like pandora's box has been open now that we all have the you know a, a, essentially a supercomputer in our pocket and we can just pull up anything anytime we don't have to retain information in our head anymore uh you know it's it's kind of it's it's robbed us of our curiosity mm-hmm and attention spans and I, I i really think that ultimately leads to like a, a diminished ambition you know what i mean so i i think i think the technology is ultimately uh you know it's going to take us decades to understand but by then the technology would it will be you know in our head or vr uh, ar or something like that but it's going to take us decades to understand how uh, these phones and these screens have affected uh, us mentally and biologically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really scary, and uh, and the conspiracy Pete thinks that it's a coordinated effort uh, for for spying purposes and for uh, you know population control purposes. But that's that's a deeper topic for later. Yeah. So all right. So. So, Cole, whenever everything, Peter, do you want to give a little background on uh, the the reason for the title of this episode, Your Existential oh, yeah. Crisis? So, uh, the the most recent existential crisis of my life uh, has has really been kind of a, to me last, last night, night. I was uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so <laughs> I took it out of your mouth. So uh, this was this was like kind of when I was in college, like I was I was kind of an atheist for a while. And then uh, uh, eventually I would become, I would come back to uh, what I would call uh, I'm an intelligent designist. I believe in intelligent design. I believe that something uh, created the code that controls this reality or however you want to put it. But uh, so then, you know, I kind of stayed with that thought for, you know, a while, but then around 2016, and this was by the time, like, I started, like, really getting into, like, mainly watching YouTube exclusively and not really watching mainstream TV anymore. I mean, you know, they would have, uh, you know, news clips and mainstream stuff on YouTube that you could watch. So, I, basically, I was getting all, I was basically, uh, you know, soaking up media through YouTube and online streaming like we were talking about. And uh, I've always been into conspiracy-related topics, paranormal, what have you. And uh, so, you know, I'll be on these forums 
and I'll I'll watch uh I'll I like watching wacky stuff uh, you know science related astronomy related stuff and I found this I found where people started talking about uh heliocentrism heliocentrism versus geocentrism and uh and then you know the big fe came into the equation that's that's what I'm going to call it uh <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i uh, at first i was like wow people are, are are still in uh thinking this stuff so i started looking into it in in kind of like a spiteful way to like oh i'm gonna easily debunk this uh i've, I've been into like nasa and astronomy uh you know my whole life blah 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 and i, I went in and and gave it a good like solid open-minded investigation and it it kind of i dismissed it i dismissed it for a while um and but th there was a little speck in uh in 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 the back of my mind that that was just kind of nagging at me about it and then it started like really haunting me because i'm also like uh pretty observant you know with uh you know i got a telescope and uh, I, I, I'm really interested in eclipses and, and all of that. And I just kept going. And then like, I discovered that there, there's all these authors that have written all of these books, uh, uh, going way back, way, way, way back. And I, I bought all of these books because I was like, I, I have to, I have to disprove this for myself. This is haunting me. And it, it kept spiraling and what's what's ironic about the whole thing is that digging into this has has strengthened my well how would i put this it's making me take another look at the bible uh and you know we can go over like some of the the details of the things that the that really nagged me in terms of the the evidence of fe but uh, where was i going to go from there i so my question is uh when we go over this do you think uh it, it's worth taking a a serious look at in terms of how it parallels with scripture um, and and we can pull up uh, some of these uh, these Bible verses that uh, I, I find really interesting. And 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 what really started all this for me was the word firmament. I remember that word being in Genesis. What was that word? Firmament. That's the firmament noise. Uh, <laughs> <to> but uh, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I was, I was looking up the definitions of that word and stuff. And I found all this stuff that was, uh, you know, talking about a dome, like, uh, uh, like the Truman show. And I was like, Oh, this is just too good. I think there was like a Simpsons episode about it or something. So I started looking into it and then I started finding a, a bunch of, uh, verses that, you know, that span, you know, uh, uh, the old Testament and the new Testament that, that allude to uh, what this conspiracy is saying the actual shape of the earth is. Now, what that implies is if, if the, the shape is, is different than we've been taught, again, that goes back to what I was talking about, like a coordinated effort to deceive us on every level of our existence.
but it, it, it gets it gets really deep. But uh, uh, I kind of want to go over a little bit of this evidence and just kind of get your thoughts on it. And I, I wrote this stuff down here. Yeah, I got um, I got all the I got all the Bible verses up here. OK, yeah, let's no, take. Just, a see, I'm just going to go over. Uh, I got a few of them. I'm just going to read them. Um, and these first few were straight out of Genesis. So, I mean, right from the start, it mentions it. So Genesis 1, 6, this is going to be Genesis 1, 6, 7, and 8. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament, from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. Uh, and then uh, a couple of verses later in Genesis 1, 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So Genesis, right from the start, it, it mentions that. Okay. And uh, in later translations, it looks like the word firmament was changed to, uh, what was it, either vault or domain? Mm -hmm. Expanse. Yeah, Expanse. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what, what are your thoughts on uh, this word firmament, Cole? Yeah, um, another great question, uh, Pete. Um, what I will have to do, I think, I'm pulling up my notes, is that I tried to make my uh, answers uh, holistic so that I wouldn't answer different things about one thing. Um, so can I give a bit of a long-winded answer? Yeah, okay? yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm time of the world. This is right. this is all I'm interested in in my life right now. Like this, this has my full. It's being recorded. We have zero viewers. We had two. I don't know uh, what the, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, we're 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 at four viewers. Night. We're at four viewers right now, so we're good to oh, go. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm not seeing that. Okay. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so don't screw well, this up, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> and for any viewers, feel free to comment in the chat. We'll uh, we'll look at it, put it up. Yeah. Okay. So um, there we kind of have to. I think. In order to answer Pete's question, we have to uh, start uh, at a very high level, not intellectually, but um, view. Um, not that you guys couldn't handle the intellectual depth. I think you could. Uh, so I'm going to throw out some words and I'll define them. <laughs> but basically, um, before we discuss a specific word, I think it's important to understand how we interpret the Bible uh, uh, at all. And right. so... Um, you know, there, there's a specific practice of, of interpreting the Bible, and that's called hermeneutics uh, and exegesis. And that's basically those terms are a. Um, is that a comment? That's a comment. That's so cool. Yeah. Sorry. Don't lose um, your train of thought. You're, yeah, you're going. And uh, so hermeneutics is the practice of basically interpreting the Bible accurately. And what we have to do and what we understand, uh, Pete, is that firmament is an English word. And that the original scriptures were written um, by authors inspired by God, which is what Christians would teach, um, both in Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic, and then Greek. And so the Old Testament uh, contains mostly Hebrew with a little bit of Aramaic, and the New Testament contains Greek. And so what we have to understand is that throughout the years, uh, people have interpreted these books and translated these books, not interpreted, translated the books from the original languages into English. And so when the argument comes up from firmament, I would say that 
um, I think that's a poor word choice. Okay. Um, you know, the, the Hebrew word is rakia. And so it does have a bit of a different meeting, meaning than firmness or, uh, or dome. I think if I pull up my um, lexicon here, it's most likely um, going to mean, you know, an extended surface or an expanse. And so when I was studying how I was going to answer um, this question, you know, like where did the word firmament come from? And, and I'm, I'm crossing a lot, of, a lot of boundaries, but back in the day when the Old Testament uh, was being translated into the Greek, because Greek was the common language, um, you know, you have to consider a lot of um, Greek uh, cosmology or the Egyptian view of cosmology. Um, and so that's why, like, the, uh, I think that word is a little bit weak. And when it was changed to expanse, I think that was more accurate um, because at the end of the day, um, when it comes to ancient Jewish meditation literature, which is the majority of the Old Testament, um, you know, if you go in and you study it, you'll learn that these authors weren't going to give every single detail about every single thing, but only what was most important to the continuity of the story right, or, or the account. And so, you know, sometimes the, um, the, the cosmology of the Bible, they, but say the word is not as important because the Bible is more about cosmogony, meaning, you know, cosmology would be the structure of the universe. And it's right. a little bit vague there. We see in scripture that basically there was nothing and then God spoke much of something. But the Bible is clear about cosmology, which is the origin and the history of the universe. Right. And so I, I think the word is, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Lance sent me a good bit of stuff. I don't know these conspiracies as well as all of you guys do. Um, but I don't think the Bible is going to be the answer for the structure of how the universe is structured. I think it will tell you how it was created. But okay. I think the Bible is in whole about God and how he's trying to relate with people. And so that's going to be the main story. Um, okay. So I know that's not that's not quite a very helpful answer. Well, you um, did say you did say something uh, uh, for a second there about the expanse possibly being a surface. Is that what is that what you said? A surface, perhaps? Is that yeah? Is that a is right. that an applicable word? Uh, say that again. Is is uh, is the expanse indeed a surface? Um. So again, it's um, I I would say that um. Again, I'm not a scientist, and so my understanding of creation is, is what is taught to me uh, from, from uh, wiser minds. But yes, I would say an extended surface, um, you know, properly an expanse, uh, that would probably be the most uh, literal translation of that word, rakia, uh, which is just a masculine noun. Um, but... Again, you know, I can't definitively say that the Bible says it is or is not um, what you might think it might be. I know that's right. not helpful, but um, well, the the verses are, um, you know, 
some of them are, are, are vague and some of them are a little more, uh, what, what were some of the other ones that I sent there, Drew? Yeah, I got another one. Uh, this next one, um, this is probably one of my, uh, you know, when I, I, or we talk about this stuff, this one always gets brought up. It's got a little backstory behind it that, uh, not a lot of people know about. Um, it's Psalms 19 one. And the reason why this one is interesting to me is that a uh, NASA engineer by the name of Werner von Braun has this, um, on his tombstone, um, mm-hmm. looking at Warner von Braun, he was a, uh, he was a German, uh, rocket engineer and then came over here and literally was a part of the start of NASA. Um, and on his tombstone, like I said, was Psalms 19 one. And it reads the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So why would a rocket engineer, um, you know, reference that re- reference that out of all the Bible verses? Yeah. Why why would you, you know, it's just, it's something to entertain the thought of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, what I just realized that I left out from my, um, my so poorly answered answer is that when uh, translation committees, um, I can't tell you off the top of my head how many translations of the Bible there are in the English language. Um, A lot. There's there's 167. Okay, a lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. Oh. I have no idea. I, I believe like, you. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe you. close uh, to it. But basically, there are, um, if you were to draw a, a linear line graph with my, um, my hand over here being formal and this hand being functional, uh, all the translations exist on this line, meaning that the most formal translation would be, uh, well, the most formal would be the original languages. Right, you can't get any more formal than that. And then the most functional might be Gene Peterson's "The Message," which is a transliteration to to modern modern um, modern language. In a lot of ways, it reads like uh, conversation. And so, when these translation committees exist, they have to choose between when they look at these passages in the original language. Where am I going to? Where am I going to? take these words and translate them into the English. And so with Werner, you know, with Von Braun choosing that language, uh, when did he die? Uh, let me double check that. I think in the seventies, I think he did. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that word is definitely going to be in your, your King James version, which is yeah, probably, you know, one of the more popular translations. Um, yeah. Most the original languages. I might've missed it. I, Pretty sure you said that. Basically, earlier. Hebrew and Greek. Okay. Uh, Von Braun was also, uh, I think, really good pals with. Uh, coincidentally, we we spoke uh, about it earlier. Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. So. You, so he was could, a newer being. I mean, you can see was, how yeah. how that would make me go crazy. <clears throat> um. So yeah. Well, um, to answer your question, you know, I, I'm definitely going to try to field all of these questions uh, responsibly. uh, But I do want to, you know, disclose the fact that I think that the Bible's main storyline is, is one of redemption, how God, uh, when the earth, uh, when Adam and Eve chose to sin and thus the whole earth is cursed, how God pursues humankind uh, for the sake, specifically through the Messiah Christ Jesus, who bore everyone's sins on the cross um, and that's what we call the gospel. That's what I think the story of the Bible is. That's what I think the point of it is. Right, um, right. And and so when it comes to questions outside of what I think would be the general scope, 
I am going to try to answer them responsibly, but I will fully disclose that, you know, I probably can't say with um, a lot of conviction that I would, you know, this or that. So yeah, I, that... I, I, I agree with you that the Bible doesn't necessarily um, allude to the, the cosmogony. Um, but I, I, I am wondering, uh, would you say that there's anything in the Bible that uh, supports uh, heliocentrism or a, uh, a spinning uh, globular oblate spheroid Earth? So this was the question that I was most excited about, um, just because this argument, uh, when I was researching it, you know, heliocentrism versus geocentrism was not as old as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, uh, you guys remember the name Copernicus? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize that, you know, he was kind of the father of heliocentrism. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did my, my research there, and he made a large, uh, short answer, no, I don't think the Bible gives um, an answer either way to that oh, question. Oh, interesting. Um, that how the planets are aligned or, or not aligned. Um, I okay. think it's clear that, you know, it's clear on who the creator is and what the purpose is. Yeah. But I was unable to find like, okay, this is, this is how they're, you know, the sun's at the center or the earth's at the center. Um, but I found it interesting that there was a large argument around the time of the Protestant Reformation about, you know, is, are we heliocentric or geocentric? And ultimately the Catholic church denounced Copernicus's findings mm-hmm. um, and would do so until G- Galileo came along. And so I found it um, interesting that there was such a over that. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about that particular debate, um, but I don't, uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was in the 1530s, I believe mm-hmm. um, he was working on. I wasn't born then. Uh, yeah. Well, they didn't have, <laughs> they have Wikipedia. There. No, as a, I'm only speaking out because, uh, you know, I'm Catholic. So I feel like I should chime in, but I don't know anything about it. Well, um, thanks, Lance. You're welcome. I, I, Take your under. I don't think uh, the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Take your under himself. <laughs> Not to get on a side uh, subject, but our names are all, you know, like. Uh, oh yeah, we should have uh, we should have uh, thought of a, a backwards wrestling name period. for Cole. Reverse wrestling names, man. Yeah. Oh, oh. who was your favorite wrestler? Probably Sting. Oh, good choice. Yeah, man. My man, a, I, I told guy. you we go way back. Cole and I, Sting. That's what I mentioned, but I couldn't reverse the name. That's a hard one it to was reverse. Like, so it didn't work. I love yeah. how he was allowed to just beat people with a bat. Assaulting <laughs> right. people. Bat. How did they allow of- that? For the name of entertainment, buddy. <laughs> that guy. NWO. So, uh, I remember he got inducted. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, NWO, all right. I, uh, again, so like uh, the, uh, the FE community, uh, ironically, and, you know, I'm speaking of like, I guess there's like levels of the community, uh, but the like, the really serious guys, um, they're talking about how uh, the whole thing is uh, about hiding the creator, uh, hiding proof of the creator and what our role as human beings are in this uh, domain under the expanse. 
Um, and that's that's kind of where I I am. But you know, I am a, a crazy conspiracy person. But uh, that's interesting that uh, we can't really go either way on the the cosmogony uh, based on based on the scripture. Um, but I'm I'm still fascinated in this firmament thing because, uh, and this is my next point that that I wanted to get to. Drew, could you pull up? Uh, I, maybe I sit. I know I sent in a group text, but the uh, the the Hebrew. Uh, it was a. It was like a a depiction of the the world. Like, yeah, that uh, was that was that was actually me. That that was my graphic. Oh, did you send that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was me. Um, did y'all so, see that joke in the comments? I just want. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah, go ahead and read it, Lance, while I look this up. What yeah, does Noah awesome. do when he gets cold feet on a date? Y'all see that? Oh yeah, takes a forty-day rain check. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I just had to. I just had to put that out there. So, uh, <laughs> I was thinking that if you know, if the Bible gave too much away, it's kind of like science with religion. If if there were clear answers everywhere, then what's there to, to what's that fine line of belief and not belief? If if there's like clear answers to everything, then how would you know true uh, evil from good? How would you have belief from non-belief? You know, if every if it's absolute hundred percent true, putting it out oh. there for everybody, answers for everything, then of course everybody would believe, and that would I guess I guess like take away from the whole purpose of. Uh, I would believing. I would disagree. Um, well, all right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, all right, we got some action. On. No, no, seriously, invite me on, and I'm gonna disagree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, this, but this I am gonna out. use literally the Bible to disagree with you. Oh, um, come on, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> interference. <laughs> interference. Flag on the play. Divine interference. The friend. Um, there it is. So uh, Paul, the greatest Christian of all time, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a book to the Roman church called Romans. And in the first chapter, he has a section called Unbelief um, and its Consequences. And basically, uh, chapter 1, verse 20 says, and this is what I always point people to when there's like there's no evidence for the Lord. And I always say Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. And so I'm not going to say that there aren't people um, with ulterior motives in higher places. But when it comes to uh, God being known, I think that he has revealed himself. And so in, um, you know, scholarly language, we would say that God has revealed himself in two ways. Generally, he's built himself in the creation has unfolded. And that's what that verse there is pointing to. It's saying you can't possibly take in the world, kind of what Peter's talking about. You can't possibly hold the whole universe in your hand and say, there's nothing that made this. And then we say there's special revelation, which is then the Bible, that God inspired human authors uh, to tell his story for mankind. And so I, I would say that when it comes to knowing all things that matter, uh, you those things. But um, I won't you know, go so far as to say that there aren't people in this world with tremendous amounts of power uh, that might mean harm on others. But that would be my disagreement. 
Sorry, I just had to. You're bringing up FTX. <laughs> we went over that last week. Yeah, take that, Lance. <laughs> no, hey, Colt, that's why we bring you on. Yeah, this oh, is this great. Is, this is I very interesting. It. Yeah, there's there's nothing that you're gonna say that's not just super interesting, and uh, this this is why we want to have every minute we can just to talk about this for everybody. Mm-hmm. So. so yeah. uh, so I was, Drew, I, yeah, I was, I was going to bring this up. I was going to read some other verses real quick that that are okay. going to lead into the graphic. And also, um, oh yeah, okay, you're going to show that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down. Look. Sorry, sorry, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't get you. Our sponsor, Miller Light, uh, bring us a twenty pack, please, twenty four pack. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> Psalms one hundred four five. Uh, I'm going to read both versions from the King James and the English Standard. Uh, the King James version reads, "Who laid the foundations of the earth?" that it should not be removed forever. Ooh, that's a good one. The English Standard Version reads, he set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. So this isn't necessarily, it's basically, uh, you know, in in layman's terms, if you don't understand, it's it's saying that the earth is a non-rotating flat set on, yeah, um, let me bring up the graphic. So that's that's, that's, that's rotating, moving. D- depending on how one interprets that, you know, one could say that that is uh, evidence against uh, you know uh, a a spinning. Uh, what what did uh, what's his name call it? A uh, oblate spheroid. spheroid. Yeah. All right. So here here's a graphical depiction. Uh, as uh, let me get this screen up real quick. Right there. Can everybody see that? Yeah. So if, if you're watching on Twitch with us right now, um, th- this is a graphic representation of the Hebrew um, word that we that, that I just read. You got, uh, Peter, you can take it over if you want. Yeah, so this is apparently, so uh, this image is captioned the world of the Hebrews, and it shows... I guess kind of a, a silhouette view of what the the world was uh, projected to look like, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it, it kind of looks like a, a snow globe, and uh, it has the surface and it has this uh, domed firmament, and you can you can see where the the sun and stars are, and the the sun and moon are are local, uh, and. Local Beneath, meaning in, local meaning inside the firmament. Yeah, in, inside inside the dome, and uh, it's got it's got a bunch of interesting things here. Some of these maps are, are you know, whatever you call this inside diagrams. I've ever heard that, but yeah, there, it shows that there's inside. vaults, uh, and we have what does that say? Sheol and the 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 great deep. Um, you know, this looks like something from Lord of the Rings. It says the abyss there. That's that's pretty metal. Um, so uh, Play it, Drew. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what what Cole thinks of a map like this. Is this even real? Like, you know, this is stuff that uh, there's so many uh, uh, old, old, old maps of, uh, of the of, of these dome like structures. And what, what are your what are your thoughts? Is this what 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 is this? And it does say firmament here. Is this? Is this anything worth looking at? Is this is this pure malarkey? Um, <laughs> First off, that's our oil field that we have underneath America, right there, the shield. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, I think that's it, Lance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fire on energy. How fucking metal is that want. shit? Oh my god, <laughs> he did it. Oh no, I, I was looking at Peter when he did it. I was like, he was I, 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 I didn't perfect. have it loaded up. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Cole, did we did we catch you off guard with this? No, no, no. I'm okay. ready. Um, I, I, I just, I, you know, when again. So the terms, I, I just butchered a couple of my answers, so I apologize. Uh, it's the first time I've ever been on a podcast, so I'm a little nervous. Oh, no, you're great. doing great, man. I'm more nervous but, than you are. I know but, this, is how, um, this is how Lance is every episode. Yeah. But when it comes to going back to the word of, of hermeneutics. Did he say Glenn Beck? I, I did not. <laughs> no, I'll keep, I'm joking. Go what ahead. if I just started subliminally name-dropping random people? That'd be great. Sam Bankman for fine, whatever his name is. <laughs> that, is a, that is a disaster, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll we have touched a on that episode last that. episode, but we got so much more information. I that that makes me think one. I'm not a very I'm not very much of a conspiracy theorist at all. But that stuff, if that doesn't, anyway. I will send you what what Drew said. Oh, that today. means you're coming around, man. You're coming you, around. Cole. There are more. There's more to that. Then, that guys, I don't know that. about that. Anyway. Yeah, I could, I could, I could go extremely deep. Yeah, Next. well, I'll send it to you. We won't get into it, but I'll send yeah. it as as deep as the abyss of Sheol. Yeah, and it we're banned. There it is. Bigger and, and more money banned. involved. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like I say, yeah, let's go into this. So, with hermeneutics, the the point is to interpret the biblical to interpret interpret the Bible properly, accurately, and. We would we would use the term exegesis to exegete to take from the text as it is saying accurately, and so there's a there's a counter term called eisegesis, and I use that term a lot in teaching when I think people read into scripture something that may not be there. Okay. And so when Andrew referenced that verse, uh, what verse was that in Psalm 104? Oh, we're looking. We we're looking. I think it's like five or six. Is that right? Yeah, Psalms one hundred four five. So, sounds like a, sounds like a radio station. Yes. <laughs> I was I was on mute the whole time, and I was like Psalms one hundred four five. Oh, I was like, I was, what a I, jerk! He's not even talking. Sorry, I was on I was on mute. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, you know, so I I, I think you just have to take. Um, you know, I'm always, you know, so one sidebar, I teach students a lot. And a lot of times they will ask questions and they will pull singular scriptural references from a book. Uh, Psalms is the largest book of the Bible. It's a song book of the Bible. It's where David basically laments, you know, sings to, goes through this heaps of emotions as he's praising God. Um, and so I think you have to take into consideration the context. and. Um, and I think it might be a little bit of a practice of eisegesis to look at that verse and say this is speaking about the 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 foundation, uh, the physical foundation of the earth. When I think uh, that David in Psalm one hundred four is basically saying, um, God, you are very, you are very good, you are great. Um, he's celebrating God's glory and the work of creation. To teaching that all things are dependent upon him. Um, and then he contrasts all of that by saying, like, you know, people who praise you will have a good life, and then those who don't will, will perish. And so I think it's, I think, you know, 
I don't know about this map. I've seen it before. Uh, I, I saw it when I was preparing for this. Um, I mean, I think it, we also have to take into consideration um, what could be known at that time uh, on Earth versus what is known now. Um, while I don't think those two variables change the, the timeless truth of Scripture, um, you know, Peter's telescope alone is light years ahead of what the Hebrews had as far as interpreting the world around them. Yeah. Um, so do you then, feel that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. But then again, I mean, uh, you know, someone in the comments said, I don't think the human mind can truly comprehend the creation of the universe. I agree with that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I mean, uh, I, I, I do agree that you can everything you need to know about God uh, to in order to be in a saving relationship with him. But as far as like some of these, in, I mean, we have to take into consideration, like even even if you don't believe in God, but let's just assume we all do. If you are a Christian and you submit yourself to the Christian faith, you're saying there is two categories. There's creator and created. And if you read all of Genesis, you see that the creator gives the created the sub ability to create, but they cannot create from nothing. Only God can create from nothing. That's the Latin for ex nihilo, out of nothing, something. I like we, that. that makes sense. We, yeah, we have cool. to have something. Like even when it comes to creating other human beings, you know, and you can, again, you can get on the whole sexual ethics argument here. You have to have a male and a female. Now, science has found a way to kind of circumvent that, and I disagree so with simple. it. Pretty I'm simple. outraged. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, we're banned. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but but the point being, um, that that comment that this person made is that, you know, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah goes on to talk about, in Isaiah 55, he says, your ways, God, are higher than my ways. Your thoughts above are higher than my thoughts. And so he uses, he then goes on to use a little bit of, uh, of, uh, some some figurative language he says however high the, the heavens are from the earth that's how far separated we are when it comes to your ability versus my ability and so i think that what they're saying there um is accurate you know we can't fully understand what constitutes the earth and so while i don't think this map is per se accurate um i have no you know i've only seen uh, the earth from space has, has been shown to me. I do not know the mind of God when it comes to what he did when he created the earth. I do not know the vastness of the universe like he does, like the back of his hand. Um, so I think there is a lot of unknowns when it comes to what is the actual foundation of the earth. What keeps the earth from spinning off into uh, oblivion? I would ultimately say God, but um, outside of that, I can't give a good answer. Well, so this um, is a this is a good opportunity to bring up. Uh, so, the journey, if I had to look at an overview of it, the journey of be becoming an an F eater is it flat falls, earther. We could say it, it. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the journey, the journey to getting to there is, it it really kind of starts with uh, investigations into the moon landing. So. Uh, if if you get a chance to really dig into that, uh, I I think I see that's that's like the uh, that's like the gateway drug. 
Well, what about what the Bible says about the uh, footage of the uh, firmament? Or was that the encyclopedia? I remember we, we talked about that. Remember it was a certain footage. So this map shows a map of the firmament. And uh, is there, you know, like, like Cole was saying about what they knew back then and what we know now with science. And then the whole question comes up with how much science do we believe over religion? Because, you know, you have the whole Big Bang Theory. And, and then it's like, you know, you have 100% science and then you have religion aspect of it. Um, well, I think is science there a on this as far as what the what the sky is on the firmament. I think science has become religion. Just a quick injection there. But uh, like it's become unquestionable dogma in many, uh, many aspects, which I think is counter to what the scientific method is like you should always be able to question anything in my opinion under the scientific method but uh uh things are things are <laughs> that was delayed audience uh <laughs> it's not a stand-up comedy show come on peter um uh, i lost my train of thought where was i now oh god <laughs> oh we'll, we'll take it back to the beginning all right so so i call your thesis uh <laughs> lost it <laughs> but i am well, interested to what what your thoughts are on science and religion uh like we were talking about the firmament and do yeah, we have I a think, number on the height of the firmament what with the what it says about it i mean not to my knowledge i mean i think peter's on the right track there uh science science is um secular science has become uh has become a religion something that you're not allowed to question um and and i would agree with peter that goes totally against the the um the you know the beginning of what was the scientific method to to discover things and i think as a christian i would say that science and religion do not segregate themselves and i do believe that um you know from a christian perspective i would say the bible is the source of all things and that all science is is a derivative of god now really hairy quickly because you have to be careful what you mean by that i agree with that but basically but basically what I'm saying is that um you know that what whatever god um, allows us to discover i would consider that grace god being gracious to us to allow us to discover things like the polio vaccine um through scientific method um but i i i don't think that science that is that is true, and again, that that can be a slippery slope for some people. Contradicts yeah. the Bible. Um, you know, I don't think the Big Bang is 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 uh, argumentatively accurate. I would obviously, I'm a creationist, uh, and then in that, you, know, you have people that are young Earthers, old Earthers, um, and that's an interesting conversation of itself. But I don't think they have to separate themselves. But then again when science contradicts the word of God, then I would say that's not actually, uh, that's not actually a science worth pursuing. Um, but then again, th those are, those are difficult topics. But some um, people will pursue them. And that's well, that. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, that it, it's some of the greatest, uh, scientific minds uh, of the beginning of our, of our modern society and, 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 in century we're we're believers we're christians um and now that has separated i mean it's it is not you cannot um in good faith be a 
be a Christian and be in um, be in a modern academic institution and be in, and be taken seriously. Oh wow! It's quite a de- yeah, it's quite a detriment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So there's you know there's a lot to read about that. You know that the idea that the Christian mind cannot um, you know that somehow the scientific mind that is secular is is more evolved and and is um, I just don't believe that. Um, you know, going back again to this, this, I don't think everything can be understood on this side of heaven. Um, I mean, I, again, I think God is gracious to us and he allows us to understand and see so much. But I think the point of that is to, to give him glory, to, to submit to him, to say, oh, my gosh, there is someone who, who made all of this. And that, that, that someone is not just out there in space. Um, that someone wants to know me personally. And so uh, I, I have a great affinity for science. I think scientific discovery is fantastic. Right. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like anti-science, whatever that means. But um, I, think, I think the issue is that science is, uh, is institutionalized and it's bought. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and until uh, we figure out how to get around the whole uh, money thing, fiat currency stuff. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to have a, a fair system of, uh, you know, the scientific method anymore because things are, you just, you just can't question. And, you know, we've all lived through this in the, in the past uh, few years, but, you know, uh, we live in the era where you can't question the science. And uh, right. didn't we get, didn't we get flagged on a previous video recently? Yeah, uh, we, we didn't even mention it. Yes. Yeah, we didn't even mention it. Uh, yeah. We were we were talking about the incident. Over well, the we can see if year. we get flagged on this one. We didn't mention COVID nineteen. Oh, there we go. See, and we're banned. I'll and see. Uh, and we got flagged for <laughs> COVID nineteen facts. And it's uh, like, so can you not even say it? We're, you just we're doing can't... an experiment right now. We'll we'll see if we get flagged. Yeah, and look, uh, Cole. So uh, another thing that makes me uh, raise the people's eyebrow to this is that uh, uh, people's uh, eyebrow. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta look at like at what's getting banned, and uh, the the FE community was the first to go. Uh, like, and I remember when I, in twenty sixteen when I was like looking through all the stuff and like researching it heavily. Uh, there was a, there was a coordinated effort on YouTube and, you know, other Google related, uh, uh, apps and such where they were censoring all, all discussion of it. In fact, they were censoring, and this is, this is one of the things that bugged me that I referenced at the beginning. Uh, they were censoring videos of people that were using, uh, modern, uh, technology, uh, you know, very, very high tech cameras with telephoto lenses to zoom right back in on ships that went over the horizon. And then, you know, of course people going and filming the skyline of Chicago across Lake Michigan, which is, you know, like 30 something miles. And then when you, when you, when you take the, the, uh, the, uh, the equation for, for calculating the, the distance or the, the curvature over the water, uh, you plug it in and it would the like Chicago would be like way behind uh, it would be like 1500 feet or something. I, I can't remember the specific numbers, but below the horizon and you shouldn't be able to see it. Right. Because it's hit behind curve. But I, I saw a bunch of these videos where people were just zooming in on it 
And then there was like a news report where uh, like the news people were panicking and they're like, what you're seeing here is a mirage. The heat over Lake Michigan is just right this time of year where the, the heat makes the, the light bend. And you know, it was just, it was just weird. And then, but other people on the internet were like, Oh, well you can just go out there anytime and just film it. You know, like, uh, and it's just weird stuff was getting banned like that. And that made me even more obsessed because if somebody tells me not to look at something, I'm going to look at it. So, but there's, there's so many other things. It's such a deep topic. And, you know, for, for me personally to, to even toy with the thought of throwing away everything that I've studied my whole life and, and completely rethinking the possibilities of what it is to be a human what we're on, who created us, uh, you know, the, uh, and the fact that that might be hidden from us it is, uh, is a thing that's just slowly becoming more and more, uh, evident in my life. Or, uh, it, it's just, it's like, it's like that movie we watched the other night that they live thing. It was a movie where a guy put on sunglasses. And Have you seen it? Cole? He could oh, see, man. he could see what advertisements actually said. And advertisers say like consume, consume and reproduce and conform and all this stuff. And then he he would also notice that certain people weren't people; uh, they weren't human. It's a great movie. You got to watch it. That's why but, Peter wears sunglasses on the show because he's trying to be cool and thinks right. You know, he and has you know, that fear. I, you know, somebody might be a lizard person. How am I supposed to know? Um, but uh, so uh, where, where 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 was I then? Lizard uh, people. <laughs> That's a different episode. Yeah, different episode. Uh, but I, I, I keep going back to it. But I think there is a uh, a uh, ironically global coordinated effort. Uh, you know, a, a, a shadow uh, government, if you will. Uh, you call it the Illuminati, wh whatever people want to call it. But it, it seems like there's a coordinated effort to hide the true nature of our reality, and the evidence just is it's all over the place, but I guess it's up to the interpreter, just like with these Bible verses, uh, because you were talking about the, the, the verse about foundation. Uh, I could see how that could be interpreted a, a, a different way and not necessarily about the actual foundation of the earth. Right. Which, which leads into one of Peter's other questions was, um, is the Bible meant to be interpreted as historical fact or allegory? Mm -hmm. or both yeah, I, I've or... always wondered about this because uh, I know people that you know claim to devoutly believe in 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 the scripture and and that's great but then you know they'll also be kind of like well you know I don't really think he fit all those animals on that boat you know so it's like it's it's almost like kind of picking and choosing uh, uh, what to believe as historical fact such as uh you know, Adam and Eve and all that. But then like some other things are like, oh, well, that might be just, you know, allegorical for something that, you, you know, or it could be lost in translation. And then what do you know what is supposed to be taken literal and not? Yeah, so What's I've always wondered. That, so I'm, I'm one of those weird people that takes it all literally. Uh, <laughs> okay. But no, that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's... It. Yeah, so there's a um, there's a passage in the New Testament again written by Paul uh, in the second letter to Timothy, where he uh, he writes in the in the third chapter, 
and he uh, talks about how all scripture is given by inspiration of God and how it's profitable for doctrine, uh, for so for teaching, uh, for reproof, for how to live, and then for correction, uh, for instruction, and in righteousness. Um, and he says because of that, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, furnished into doing all good works. And so I think the purpose of Scripture is, is so that we can know God. But I do think it is meant to be interpreted um, as to be taken literally, historically literal. Um, but with that, what people fail to understand is that there are 66 books across two testaments. And that across those 66 books, there are different literary genres. So you look at Genesis, that's more of a historical book. Obviously, it's talking about the creation of the world. And yeah. then you take you take Psalm or Proverbs or Song of Solomon or Ecclesiastes. And these are books with language of poetry. And it doesn't change how they are. Uh, it doesn't change what God is trying to say, but he's using these human authors. And they're not robots, but he's inspiring them by his Holy Spirit. And again, again these are these are core Protestant uh evangelical beliefs so I, if uh, i'm not saying anything that's particularly earth shattering um but you can't read no, i'm just kidding oh <laughs> <laughs> then, Don't call there are books of, shattering <laughs> then there are uh, there are books of law where law is given instructions are given there's books of prophecy which i might touch on in a little bit okay. and then there are books uh letters just letters written to people and so while I think you take it all literally, and while I do think there is a way to interpret it correctly and to interpret it incorrectly, um, I think you have to take each book carefully. Um, they all tell one grand narrative, which is I, what I mentioned earlier, how God is seeking to be in a relationship with humanity. I think that's the grand narrative. And then throughout those 66 books, through thousands of years, you see this same story weaved in and out of generations of people, of nations, of, uh, um, of various people. But I do think it, all, it is to be taken literally. I do think Noah uh, fit all those people on those books, uh, that boat. I mean, um, animals on that boat. I do think that Adam and Eve were real and they sinned. Um, I do think um, that Elijah, who was great prophet didn't die, that he was just called up into heaven. Um, I do believe all of those things. Um, now, because of that, you know, when I read that, um, I'm far removed from those time periods. And, the, and you know, the, there's a New Testament book called Hebrews, and it talks about uh, the faith of those who have not seen these things. And so faith plays a large part in it because, um, you know, when, especially for example, when Jesus was walking the earth, you know, have known these Old Testament prophets, but they would have scrolls. They would have known the stories intimately. Uh, not everyone was reading and writing then. It was a very oral culture. Um, and so we're very far removed from that. We can't see anybody that lived during that time period. And so I think that's, that's you know, for some people that's hard to believe, but that's precisely where faith and a greater power comes into play, but I do think it's literal. I think you are to take it literally. Um, now, some people abuse that and they say, well, what does that mean when I go to Leviticus and it says that I should stone um, this person for committing a sin? 
that could be a whole other podcast. But um, you know, they're they're and we'll make one of it. Well, okay, well I'll save yeah, it for that. Yeah, we'll get a. But, uh, well, well, well Peter's stoned right now, so. <laughs> no, not... <laughs> the other you can't guy. see that through these glasses. <laughs> the one leading to death. Uh, but, interesting. Yeah, I do take it literally. Okay. And historically okay. accurate. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I was I was going to talk about another little bit of evidence. What was the next question on there, Drew? Uh, some of, some of the other evidence. Um. Polaris and star ellipses, astronomical ratios. Um, if you oh want to yeah, touch those. Yeah, there, there's there's a mm. few things in here that uh, that would bug me about the you know the possibilities of uh, the universe functioning uh, you know in a you know as heliocentric. And I remember in astronomy class at Delta State, uh, we were going over. I didn't go, Chris. Uh, you're right. Uh, we were going over ratios, and uh, one of, one of the ratios that stuck out to me, and and uh, I think I'm remembering these numbers correctly. The uh, what 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 she said was the the distance between the Earth and the Moon compared to the distance between the Moon and the Sun. That ratio is one to four hundred, and then if you compare the size of the Moon to the size of the sun that is also one to 400. And for some reason, when I thought that I was like, there's two ways that I can interpret that. One way is that the, the ratios are, it was like a, an effort to make the math work to explain an eclipse while they line up so perfectly. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? And, the other way to take it was, okay, maybe that's why, uh, maybe that's the miracle of our existence is that we wouldn't have existed if everything lined up perfectly. But I'm more inclined to, you know, go the first path. Like something, something seems off about that to me. And then when you when you start kind of going down the rabbit hole with the with this with this flat stuff. It it explains it explains the motion of the sun and moon in a way that uh, I I had never considered before, but you know is, is is depicted on ancient maps, and I started taking a, a closer look at that stuff, and it just kept spiraling. But what I what I'm seeing is it's beginning it's beginning to me to line up with what's in the Bible and creation. And uh, that's that's an interesting thing for that I, I don't see discussed much in the flat community, is uh, is is how how closely it's starting to connect with the Bible. Um, but uh, what what was the next major question uh, after the the evidence stuff? Or what what was I can't. I got one, but I want to make sure oh. it's on. Okay, shoot. I want to I want to hear a comment on. Um, what you were asking? Oh yeah. What what do, what do you think about that? Um, sorry, I think I dropped my vape. <laughs> There's a, a sound clip. <laughs> so, uh, I can never find it. But uh, where is I, it? Uh, what 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 I urge you to do is like when you know, 
whenever you get a chance, start at, like I said, it starts. When he does, I had the flu. It's it starts with uh, the the gateway drug is studying the moon landing, the footage, and then uh, uh, all all of that information, and then it's kind of hard, in my opinion, to come out on the other side of that and be like, oh, okay, we went to the moon. Um, but the, but the moon footage is a whole different thing because yeah. that could be manipulated in a studio. That could be a real thing. It could be a studio, uh, right? But but tonight, like. The the descriptions of the earth being held by pillars, the firmament, uh, you know, in the Bible, uh, what I'm about to ask about the, you know, the year um, 6,000 years ago when the earth was created, you know, different things like that in the actual Bible. And we were and, and Cole was just talking about, you know, taking some stuff literal, but then some stuff like the firmament, you get, you know, have to learn where those words came from originally. Um, that's a big part of it. So the, the the whole moon landing thing is really like, you know, it, if the firmament is real and we believe in that, then obviously the moon landing is not accurate. But that's really besides the subject because um, you can look at moon landing footage all day long and it really comes down to what you believe. It's like watching a video today on ghosts. Like you can't believe a single video that you watch today on ghosts. It could all be manipulated. You can't base your thoughts on the firmament or not based on the moon landing video footage because that could be manipulated. That could be real. It could be not. It, that's a whole conspiracy in itself. But even if you believed that the moon landing was faked, doesn't necessarily prove anything with the firmament or anything beyond um, our globe. Well, it's it's all whatever. about it's all about whether did, have we actually been to space or is it an extension of Hollywood? Yeah, but even if it was, uh, even if they sent a rocket up and couldn't get through the firmament, or even if it could, the the footage of the moon, like, what if they didn't even try, and they just did the moon landing uh, in the studio here, and they didn't even try to shoot a rocket through space? Doesn't really prove the firmament. Well, you know? so. Uh, the uh there's footage of them sending up rockets and then them like just stopping at like what was it like 150,000 feet or something and then also weather balloons that go up the uh if they don't have a fisheye lens the horizon always meets your eye level no matter how high you go and you'd be up you know like super super high and it always it, it always evens out you know because of perspective you know even if a mountain is far enough away, it'll, it'll be reduced to, you know, a, a flat line. Uh, that's the stuff that bugs me is footage like that footage of bringing the ships back into view when they go over the horizon, in Chicago, that stuff. And uh, what, what that says to me is if, uh, if it's possible that water finds its level, you know, if it's, if, I mean, the ocean's wavy and stuff, but if water finds its level, that's that that blows my mind because uh, even over water, the official curvature formula, which is uh, eight inches per mile squared, so you plug in the miles for x, and this will give you your your rate of curvature. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that bugs me. And if if you're to if you're to chase this dragon, it 
it lines up with you know the the map of the Hebrews and uh, you know the foundation of the earth, the pillars of the earth, uh, the the firmaments there. Uh, there there's it, it's vastly more complicated than you know uh, the, this generalization. But uh, again, the 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 moon is important because it's just it's just as impossible as those ratios if you if you look at it like that the moon turns in such a way it turns at just the perfect speed that we only see one face of it and it is a sphere like i, I don't know that just doesn't it's that, almost like somebody was in control of all this yeah, it's just there's just something that doesn't sit right with these motions, and you know, seeing the same constellations all year long. We mentioned uh, you mentioned in the notes Polaris. If you do a time lapse camera on Polaris, you can see that all the stars do perfect ellipses around it. Uh, and you know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to investigate this a little more. You know, an effort to debunk it because maybe you know if you focus on any star, you might you might get ellipses. But nevertheless, uh, according to the the flat theory, it, it you know it looks like the UN map, where the north is in the center, and if you move away from the center, you're going south, and you know it's it's uh, encased by Antarctica. So that's that's the way the map looks. It kind of looks like just the globe that's just bloop, and it's coincidentally the the UN logo, uh, but. Uh, if if uh, water finds its level, that matches up with the with those old maps. So is if it and, and we're not allowed to go to Antarctica. We did a whole episode on that, by the way. Like, uh, you know, the military will not allow people to explore Antarctica. Yeah, I almost uh, permission. What you say? There. I almost went there. I'll tell really? you. Really? Yeah. Almost. Tell tell me now. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Uh, uh, please notice I changed my name as well to Backwards Sting. Um, <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before I was in ministry, I worked for a cable company. Genius. Um, not like, <laughs> not like uh, Larry the Cable Guy, but uh, people that installed uh, fiber optic cable, data cable, and uh, we want to we uh, want a contract with the Mordo Station in Antarctica, and. Uh, Okay. We were uh, all uh, getting cleared to go down there. We were going to be there for like six months, and then COVID happened. Lay, lay fiber to Antarctica? Well, I mean, there's internet down there. Okay, okay. All right, I got you. All Come right. on, dude. It's, wow. 2020, it's 2020. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, they lay the fibers through the ocean, you know? I'm thinking. I guess so. That means, An that means Antarctica finally got porn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Which will be the second part of my thesis. Yeah, part <laughs> two of this. <laughs> Porn's effect on Antarctica. There's a all sound 30, clip. Flat Earth all, the, all 37 people. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it gets lonely down there. My boss ended up going down there, and uh, he got hung up a little bit. And but he eventually came back. He's still alive. He went to Antarctica. But, yeah, yeah. This is breaking news live on the podcast. We know somebody that knows somebody that went at, that went to Antarctica. And a they, cousin they, of a cousin. This is this is nuts. So look how excited Peter is. I'm I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. He's about I wanna, to take off his I want to I want to know more. I don't think it was that exciting. I mean, uh, it was cold. 
It was very cold. <laughs> there, you know, I mean, you know, if we want to feed the feed the monster here, um, you know, the McMorto Station isn't obviously it's a military operation, um, and uh, I don't think they. I mean, once they got there, you know, you can't really go outside for very long periods of the day, and um, I think the the problem was is like he got there and the project wasn't ready, and then. And then COVID happened, and so they came back. But there was it was kind of you know, COVID happened. They came back. They were in Antarctica. What does COVID have to do with Antarctica? Probably the best place to be. But uh, <laughs> he came back to COVID. So but basically, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. That was it, Andrew. I was going to say. I'm joking with so, you. So basically, Cole, what you're saying is he went to Antarctica, and in order to deter him from finding out what's really down there they <laughs> they put COVID out into the world yes, yes. oh that's what snap I, that's what i said round and round we go just a, just a paraphrase his words not ours <laughs> so I, wait again what was his reasoning for going down there fiber he, optics yeah fiber he optics boss. yeah he was the boss of the company so he had to get a get a lay of the land at&t u-verse i wonder if he was like john Kerry, what are you doing here Hey, that was good timing. That was good. That was I knew good. it was coming. He had his cursor on that the whole time. You knew I was going to make a John Kerry joke. You knew I was going to do it. Elvis and John Kerry in the same He knows joke. me better than I know myself. Oh, man. Ooh. That is pretty well, cool. Uh, <laughs> so he went there and then uh, found out what really ready, and then COVID hit and said, I'm going to go on back, you know. And, uh, and they never went back. They never went back. Sounds like Truman Show stuff to me. Nothing to see here. There's no ice wall. We don't need porn down here. I qualified for the trip with passport. Uh, and not many people had a passport. All right. So what you got to do is you got to you got to get back into that. And then you got to go. And nah, then you got to report your nah. findings. <laughs> yeah, we want you to go to Antarctica. That's, that's your, that's your new life. Podcast. Yeah, just for part two. Not oh. what I know now. Cole has to go back and listen to our episode about Admiral Byrd, the guy yes. that originally explored it. I did. I did. You did. We're redo Excellent. that one because Excellent. my vocals weren't right. But anyways, uh, I don't even know if that was the episode, but that was a really cool, a uh, little little story on that. I listened to that um, on the way home from Cleveland. Land oh, beyond Antarctica. Your thoughts? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Is it is it sure, bro. <laughs> Yeah, right. <clears throat> I read into uh, Operation High Jump earlier today, and um, bro, I don't know what's out there. I mean, it was our other episode, wasn't it? It's um, we mentioned it. It's clearly not, you know, very habitable. Um, you know, I think I don't know what I think. There's, I don't think That's anyone lives out there. But uh, I think some people live in Antarctica for scientific reasons, but I don't think there are any natives. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Operation Operation High Jump was Admiral Byrd's expedition down there. FYI, before he went to uh, Admiral Byrd's North Pole explorations. Because remember, he went I to think... the, he went to Antarctica, and then they finished in the war, and then during the meantime, he went up north and did his. Um, <laughs> whole thing yeah let me just load that real quick and i'll play it so i've got a question cole it's been on my mind 
Um, Andrew, if you don't mind bringing up the links. I've already got it up. I was about to transition into that. This is something I've come across pretty recent. I sent it to you. I was hoping you kind of looked at it and kind of thought about it, reflected on it. Uh, but it bothers me. So you were talking about earlier, you know, some things you take literal, some things you, you don't. A lot of the Bible you take literal. Um, I, I I have to like, a part of me takes this literal because I want to believe that this was in the Bible for so long that I feel like it had some um, real meat behind it, right? And then they took it out maybe later. But I can't read this actual thing that you brought up, but it's the chronological index of the years and times from Adam unto Christ. You read it pretty good. I can see the 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 big text. I can't see the small text. It's too small. Oh, there you go. So the last paragraph, and I'll, I'll be happy to read it if you just want to scroll down. I'll test my reading abilities on the screen. Great content for the listeners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is mentioned in the ninth chapter of Daniel that Jerusalem shall, uh, should be built up again and that from the time to the coming of Christ are 69 weeks. And every week is reckoned nice. for seven years. I'm just, I'm speeding through it. So 69 weeks amounts to 483 years. Uh, four from the said years of Darius into the 42nd year of uh, Augustus, in which year our Savior Christ was born, are just incomplete so many years, whereupon we reckon that from Adam until Christ are 3,974 years, six months, 10 days. And from the birth of Christ, until the present year is 1801. This is crucial because I've seen this in multiple versions of the Bibles through, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to lie, like TikTok, Instagram, different videos from different Bibles from 1801 to what we're reading to 1815, 1814. Um, so it, it's kind of even more realistic that more Bibles would have that printed, updated yearly. And then the whole sum and numbers of years from the beginning of the world until the present year, our Lord God, 1801, are 5,775 years, six months, and said odd 10 days, which would put us fairly close to 6,000 years um, in our current year. I, you know, I just, I just want to know your thoughts on that. I, a part of me is wondering... You know, it's all this scientific BS. You know, some of us believe in flat earth. We can't get past the firmament. We can't go up to outer space. It's all a big hoax. Is it possible? What is the percentage of belief that we are actually in a firmament? We can't get past it. And all this, um, you know, NASA stuff is seriously just stuff, just, you know, narrative. And we, our earth is actually only six thousand years roughly six thousand years old from adam and eve and maybe there is more to our creation in in factual events through the bible than there is a scientific method that we're following saying that we're billions of years old and all this maybe it is as simple as believing in the bible and six thousand years is the earth age and that's as simple as that i mean what do you think yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, I think just believing the Bible is always a great way to go um, <clears throat> as your local pastor here. But uh, 
you know, I briefly touched on earlier, there are um, creationists, uh, those who believe in a created world that would believe in an old earth versus a young earth. Um, again, you know, these aren't things that, um, even though when you, you follow this timeline, which I think is, is well put together, um, you know, we, we, um, one thing that it doesn't take into account is there, there is some intertestamental periods that exist between the writings of the old Testament and the new Testament, just how long elapsed, uh, during that time period, uh, we're not real sure. Mm. Um, but just due to cultural differences and, and leaders of that time, we can tell some time elapsed, but I wouldn't say it was a great amount of time, but I tend to, um, you know, these are unpopular statements, Lance. I mean, I probably wouldn't have the confidence to go on national television and debunk right. scientific method just because I'm just not a scientist. I don't know the lingo. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, you'd hate to go against somebody in science right now because they could easily stab you and say, well, we, we've done these uh, right. research on these rocks what's it called you know there's a scientific yeah, carbon, carbon dating, dating, yeah, carbon yeah. dating behind these rocks so we can see that it's you know ten thousand. even the guy that had the iron ball who said that um if you take an iron ball the size of earth it would take tens of millions of years for the thing to even cool you know based on an iron ball of like four inches yeah and, and the time it takes for it to cool versus i mean there's all kinds of science behind it but that's kind of what throws me off is is science uh, basically there for the non-believers and I'm not against science. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just, you know, is it, is it blatant obvious that like maybe, you know, cause somebody created science, something created science. Cause there are things on this earth right now that defy laws of gravity, laws of science that we like know. What? Like the UFOs they're finding. And whether you believe in UFOs or not, it could be something else. But they're defying what we know as of right now. Right. Laws of gravity, laws of science, different things that could be as natural to the Earth as humans, right? Or before us. They could be, they could have been here thousands, uh, millions of years before us if you believe in the whole life, uh, lifetime of, of science with Earth. But they are defying what we know as science so what's what's us to believe that we know all the science or is it as simple as you know the earth is six thousand years and in a few years we're gonna hit six thousand maybe that's the coming of christ or it could be another you know thousand or two thousand maybe we're not as old as we believe that we are maybe there's other civilizations that have been around for uh thousands of years and they've hit their expiration date things have changed and now we're the new you know, version of that. Uh, there's all kinds of ways of looking at it. But when I think of the earth as being, cause I, I'm a big interstellar fan. I used to believe that the earth is millions and, and millions of years old. And we're just a, a like a, a, like you strike a match and there's a spark. I, I used to feel that we're a spark on that match and time mm -hmm. just stops. And we're just a, uh, just a, a millisecond of time in the whole universe. But now I'm starting to believe maybe we are, maybe there's not as much time as we're believing uh, for existence. Maybe there right. is shorter times. Maybe civilizations have gone so long that often. Maybe we're that new civilization that might be, uh, you know, getting close to our 6,000 year plus expiration date. I don't know. 
also like regarding you know people if there is a, a grand deception what is the purpose of making somebody think that you know there's a particular shape well i, I thought about i've been thinking about that for years now and what i've come up with is if you have somebody living on a rock around one and no matter which way they go they'll end up in the same place they can't go anywhere and they're they're there's they're just a speck in you know infinite universes that you know that that ma that ma makes one feel insignificant right. you, you know what i mean and i think that's that's the point of the deception and you know of course there's so many layers of it that you know we can dissect over episode after episode but i think the point of it is to make you feel uh uh, insignificant, powerless, uh, and you know, within the grand scheme of things. Uh, and and well, I don't know what do, what do you think about that? Do you um, what? yeah, well, or anyone like I, Sorry. that's 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 where I'm I'm kind of I get at. pumped up, dude. I just yeah, had a ribble. Let's let our guest speak. <laughs> oh, I'm not that important. Um, you know, I don't know how old the earth is, but I do tend to believe that it's not as old as we perceive it to be, uh, Lance. So I do think, um, you know, you're, you're on to something there. Um, again, I can't give a definitive answer. Um, as far as people, uh, people withholding information, um, or obscuring information, I think, you know, Genesis is one of the most fascinating books in the Bible. Um, I read it uh, quite often because it's just it has so many uh, tales of, of, of just God dealing with knuckleheaded people, but people being evil. Um, and, and so I think what I you learn that. in the first two chapters of Genesis is that God uh, is the creator, but his, pri his, his prize of creation is humanity. Um, and you see him describe all of these things. He says, all right, I created the expanse or the firmament for the sake of this podcast. And uh, he creates the stars. He creates the animals. And he says, okay, this is good. This is good. This is good. Then he creates humanity. And he says, this is very good. And he says, I'm pleased with this. And, um, and so you see that the, the, the culmination, the point of creation was humanity. And so I think, you know, and then, of course, in Genesis 3, sin enters in uh, with Eve taking of the forbidden fruit, which is uh, usually wrongly uh, depicted as an apple. I think it was most likely a fig, if you want to go off of. <laughs> Damn, uh, fashion on some fig trees. Good uh, Lord. If you want to go off of, like, you know, where they might have been geographically located, an apple was probably not likely. That is um, interesting. That that's pretty cool. But again, an apple is more pretty to draw than a fig. But um, <laughs> wow. But at any rate, um, you know, I think I think sin, which is I'm not going to eat figs from now on. We go ahead. <laughs> they're so good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, if someone asks you to define sin, you know, most of the times people say doing something wrong, but it's a grander notion than that. It's being disobedient towards God or the creator of the earth. And so I do think people willfully sin against God and they may not realize that they are, um, 
you know, obscuring people from the truth. But I, if you take secular science, you know, Jesus often, he often uh, combated people who were very religious during his time and they would try to trick him. And obviously he wasn't tricked. He was the only person to ever live without sin. But he often uh, told these people like, man, you know what? And this is a paraphrase. He didn't probably didn't say it like that, but he would say, uh, especially when they tried to deceive children, he said, it would be better for you if you tied a millstone around your neck and jumped in a lake and drowned yourself because like they were deceiving young children. They were teaching them the wrong things. Wow. They were withholding the truth of the gospel from them. Now, again, this is not entirely what Pete is saying, but I do think secular science in a way can choke out the narrative of the Bible because people are saying, okay, this, this story that that's been around, and I don't even like to use the word story. I like to use the word account. Because like I think like it's, cutting out your uh, eye for the sake of sin. Or, yeah. Um, cutting off your hands and different things like that. Yeah. So I, I think um, basically people, people, uh, secular science can take a narrative by saying like scripture is not true. So you don't need to believe it. And I think that's the clearest form of people trying to hide what is true from people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I know that a lot of these questions have been about whether the Bible explicitly answers more cosmological questions. And, and I haven't been able to give an answer for that, but I do think um, absolutely people, people who are uh, violent or hostile towards God are certainly going to, to obscure and, and, and hide that message. I mean, that was happening during the time of Jesus. And he, and he, he essentially told those people it would be better if you, if you had not been born because your God is going to punish you for what you're doing. And, uh, I think the same still stands true. Um, you know, that's something that doesn't get talked a lot about in churches is God's punishment and God's wrath. Uh, but it's, it's real. Um, and especially for those people who don't believe, but that that's, that's where the good news of the gospel comes in. But, um, it's I know that was bit in truth. I, uh, I haven't been to church in a long time, but um, I'm, I am curious, like, what's what's the atmosphere in churches like now uh, in, in modern times? Because there's just so much crazy stuff happening, so many cultural shifts that I that I think would, you know, kind of kind of kind of freak everybody out, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious what. What what is it like in, in churches uh, in the modern era? Like how how are people reacting to all the wacky stuff going on in the world right now? Yeah, great uh, great question, Pete. Um, you know, every church varies. There are different denominations. There's Catholic, Protestant. Um, I would say that um, what my pastor and I try to do at Sits um, is we try to keep the main thing the main thing. And, um, you know, we, we try not to let a lot of, you know, if the last couple of elections, you, you saw a lot of, um, people kind of associating Republicanism, Christianity. Now I do think mm -hmm. Christians should be conservative morally. I'm not saying they have to be conservative politically, but, you know, we try to keep the main thing, the main thing, not let these outside influences creep in and change the story and distort the message of the gospel or the message of the Bible. And what I find is that people are angry. 
people will believe, uh, you know, 10, 10 other things that are, that are super complicated. And I'm not talking about us right now, but, you know, people will get into all this other stuff rather than just being simple, going straight forward with the message of the Bible. Um, and so, I, you know, I feel very particularly uh, blessed to be in a church that doesn't seem to have those problems. We're under good leadership and uh, we keep the main thing, the main thing. But um, I mean, sometimes I have conversations with people and, and I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I just think it's a, we can tie this answer back into uh, the presence of smartphones and, and data culture. We just, people, people can, I mean, a hundred, not even a hundred, 50 years ago, there was no way for you to know what was going on at right. any particular time. I mean, people didn't know about Pearl Harbor until 14 to 15 hours later, sometimes the next day later in parts of the United States. Now, I mean, there's, there's not a particular event that we don't know about that hasn't unfolded in the last 35 seconds. Yeah, every tragedy is like now a national tragedy. And I don't think that's good. Great point. For, I don't think it's good either. For your psyche. I don't think we were created to be able to withstand that. Yeah, um, I've said that before on here. True, and then we find out, you know, the opposite side. Like what recently happened in uh, the Ukraine with Poland, you know, everyone's well, like, oh, Russian well, missiles, Russian missiles, it, Russian missiles. And then it turns out mm-hmm. Ukraine missiles fighting Russian missiles. And uh, we just find all that out too soon. Well, exactly. And we're banned. (laughs) Well, and and there's this idea that now there's a great distrust. You know, what can I trust? Um, And that's, and that, and people don't realize that that comes into church too. Like, you know, they're like, I can't trust the news. I can't trust the media. Well, can I trust the Bible? So yes, you certainly can, but you, you, you know, we have to, we have to work against a lot of those narratives that, that do exist out there that people are very skeptical. People are very, um, you know, this people and people result mainly to just not be, choosing not to believe in anything, uh, which I think is a false. Um, you got to believe in something. It's ah, easy. Yeah. It's easier to, too sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's easier to I shut mean, your it, eyes and go to work and not even think about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's yep. just, yeah. You know, um, you're here to, you know, support your kids and go to work and pay your bills. Uh, that's an easy way out. It really is. And I, I'm not knocking it by any means. I really feel that that's probably more of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And like, take the, care of your kids and, and you know, simple take life, care of your family dude. and simple, simple life. life and follow the, uh, the right way, the word of God, or, or at least follow some sort of positive uh, outlook, you know, rather than negative. I do feel like the connection between, you know, conservative or republicanism with Christianity has like and you know, uh no pun intended, but the media has seemed to create a demonization. Yeah. With that connection. And I, I you know, I I couldn't imagine like, you know, being a, a devout Christian right now. And uh, seeing seeing what's going on and seeing all of the hostility uh, towards that based off of, you know, uh, perceived political leaning. 
uh, that's just just constantly circulated through the media. It's 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 uh, I, I I imagine it's it's freaking people out big time. Uh, I'm freaked out for them. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It it in it in the United States we have it very easy. You know, there are other countries where it's it's illegal to be a Christian. So, yeah, I think as Christians, I and especially as a pastor, I try to keep that on people's mindset. Like, and also the fact that Jesus, our our very Lord and King, was was murdered uh, innocently uh, for what he was doing. So, um, we can certainly bear uh, you know some persecution, but. It is a shift in the national tone because for a long time, whether the United States was um, truly acting in a manner as a Christian nation, it was certainly accepted uh, as the, you know, to be Christian was to be accepted. Mm. And now it has fallen out of favor. And so um, I I think it will continue to fall out of favor. I don't know that... um, I don't know that it will result to uh, places like in, in China where, you know, they have to have church underground, so to speak, not literally ground, but, you know, secretly. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know that it'll come to that in our lifetime, but I mean, it's definitely trending. I can um, see it. You know, yeah, I, are, I can see it. I, I can go really deep on that kind of stuff, but that's a whole nother episode. Like, I mean, people, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, for instance, as an ordained minister, uh, you know, I have certain tax breaks and people are people, people, you know, they're interested in seeing those certain tax breaks taken away from churches and institutions and their ministers. Um, They see them as unfair, but um, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I don't think it's going to get, get any better. Uh, I don't think we're just going to suddenly turn around as a nation. I wish we would. Well, what's Uh, what's alarming about this is, you know, you mentioned China and how people have to, you know, uh, basically do things in secret. Uh, This is this is how that begins. And if if people of the current generation don't speak out against this institutionalized big corporate push. To, to demonize so many people, you know, in this country, uh, I, I think, I think it's going to continue to spiral and it will, it will, it will end up like the situation in China, but you know, what, what can, what can people do to stand up to this uh, in, in the modern era? So we, you know, have a, have a future for future generations because it's, it's only going to get, it's only going to get worse. The demon, the demonization, <laughs> It's just going to intensify, especially you know, with what's going on with, uh, uh, you know, the 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 MAGA Republicans are, are it's it's a topic again, and that connection yeah. is just that association is just going to you know strengthen, and it's it's going to lead to, I think I think it could lead to some sort of uh, you know, uh, I hear people talk about this on other podcasts, a, a national divorce, uh or, you know, a, a, a civil conflict. Uh, I know, terrifying. Uh, and I, I think, I think that's possible. And I think it's, I think it's possible that it could, it could happen sooner than later. Well, this, and, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. Well, in the, in the COVID thing was just the, well, the shutdowns were just so 
nothing has ever happened like that before that that we know of in human history where it it didn't affect one region the whole world shut down right the whole round earth shut down and uh my like i can't help but kind of think that you know part of me part of me just wonders about this uh, and and I would love a, a, a religious perspective on this. Uh, are, are any is anyone talking about the end times? Because you know the the news is just so scary. Things are so scary on the news, and and I'm I'm wondering if there's there's talks within you know religious communities about uh, is could this possibly be you know what was talked about revelation or you know stuff like that. What what are your thoughts on that? Are are we entering that timeline? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, Whoa! I think, I think we. That was a quick answer. Uh, well. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I... Wow. Hundred percent. My bowels just shifted. Uh, <laughs> no, like... let's let him finish. I'm sorry. No, so um, you know, Andrew, if you could pull up that chart I sent you. Yep. Tell him what to do. He's a taker under. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all, all, all of a sudden, this is Cole show. Yeah, Please, I love yeah. your uh, unit. Welcome to room two hundred nine. <laughs> oh wow! Look at this. Okay, I, I remember this you mentioning grace me. earlier, Cole. Uh, you're you're referencing grace now in that in that grace period. Is that what you're talking about? Where like scientific I, advancement was allowed to flourish? Well, I think that's where we we live now. Is in okay. a period of grace. Um, no, what I was talking about there was, was an act of grace, God being gracious to allow us to discover, um, things. Um, but I also think that that exists in this time period. So yes, uh, yes to both, (laughs) but so there are some people that, um, would call themselves dispensationalists, um, meaning that God, although God is timeless, he essentially does different things during different time periods. And so obviously, you know, if you're looking at this from your screen, it's moving from left to right. Um, Okay. With God existing outside these, this linear time, uh, you know, when, when like my students ask me, how does God perceive time? I always draw a line and then I circle it. And then I say, God is that circle. You know, he is both eternity past, and eternity future. Um, so we have right. to keep that into consideration. But um, <clears throat> I did mute myself for there for a second. <laughs> I thought that was Andrew. Um, <laughs> I definitely, you know, when, when Christ died on the cross, which you see in this little Apostle Paul to the left of Apostle Paul. Oh, yeah, I see it right there. Yeah, there it is. When Christ died and rose again, I believe we entered the last age. Um, I believe the Bible teaches that. You know, if you read any of the New Testament writings, you'll see that they were eagerly awaiting Christ to return. They thought he was coming back soon, very soon. Um, now, if you take... Well, what, just, what could be, you know, assumed as soon in God's years? Exactly. That's that's exactly where I was going, Lance. But uh, they were they were taking it. They were like, okay, he's coming back very soon. So I think we've been in the last age, the last days ever since Christ uh, descended, ascended into heaven uh, okay. 2,000 years ago. Now, 
what scripture teaches, I think, um, from a literal interpretation is that things will get progressively uh, worse. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Stick your money out of stocks, people. <laughs> well, 2024, 2024 really podcast, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, money won't matter. Uh, but no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, I think the Bible, especially. Um, a lot of times people people uh you know reference revelation the final book of the bible and i think that's wise but i think there are other other um passages in scripture but basically you know 11 or so signs that were kind of not 11 but just i'll kind of go through these little points that i think point to that you know greater signs of deception check I think people uh, are crying out for leadership to deliver them. Uh, we've seen many people, you know, proclaim to be the Messiah, and they haven't been. Um, so that seems to be on the rise. I think it's Obama. Uh, <laughs> and we're banned. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I didn't say that. <laughs> All um, right, keep going. Um, if my church ever listens to this, they're going to be like, "Who <laughs> is this guy? Why did you go on there?" <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, increased dispute among nations, conflicts, borders, wars, battles. I mean, sure. I think we're, you know, um, I think the devastation, you know, famine, disease, earthquake, you know, things like that. Um, and so I think all of those things are present. And I think it's really hard to uh, argue that. I think the world seems to be descending into chaos. I don't think people can can really say that we aren't. And so if you look at this dispensation table, um, and again, you know, there are people that, that don't believe this. I do think this is what literally the Bible would, would teach, but um, you would see that, okay, we must be edging towards a period of tribulation. Um, and this is where specific, you know, Christians believe in the rapture. Where, where, where all of God's people are removed from earth, and then there's seven years of tribulation where the grace of God is removed. Uh, so you see these two colors here. You see people living under the law, and they were punished. So that's and, what it is. It's the rapture. And, it's the seven years. Is where, where that seven years starts, where people believe Christ is taken out of context for those seven years, basically. What do you think the rapture well, is? Like, what, what no, would the rapture I, I, look? I'm sorry, keep going. No, it's okay. So I think, you know, I don't know what it would physically look like, but I think that it would just be the believers, God's Gentile. So this is, this is, I got to sit up. This is a heavy answer. But uh, he who has the flu. Hell yeah. Answer. But uh, so people who are dispensationalists, um, they believe in a clear distinction between. Israel and the church. And so again, that's a, that's a, if you look on this, this graph here, the old Testament is about God choosing a people to be his people. And he chooses Israelites. So when Jesus comes, what's fascinating is that Jesus dies, not only for the Jew, but the Gentile. 
So now anybody, whereas before, you know, it was God's chosen people were the Jew. Christ has opened up that door. Now anyone can come and become a Christian. So we get to this point where the rapture happens. And I think it will be all of the Christians that are taken away from this earth and joined to God in heaven. What that says about Jews is a different story because you, as you know, well, maybe you do or do not know, Jews reject the New Testament, right? They don't believe Jesus was the Messiah. They are still theoretically waiting for the Messiah to come. And I would say they're, they're incorrect. He has, he has come, he has died, and he has rose again, and he will return again for the second time. What uh, dispensationalists believe is that God will gather all of the Jews into Israel to save them. Um, if I remember that correctly, I was reading over my pastor's notes. This is full disclosure. This is not something I know entirely a lot about. Sure. But, but once the Christian believers are gone, then it's basically seven years of hell on earth um, where, where grace is removed and law, God is judging people. And so uh, I think we are not there yet. Um, as someone who believes in the rapture, you know, I'm still here. So John Cena, you can see me. <laughs> um, Keeping the wrestling thing alive. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mean to. Well, well done, me. Uh, um, but yes, I do believe we are we are encroaching upon the in, the final times. Wow! What, how, many, how many years that is? Uh, you know. Well, you know, we were just talking about you know the six thousand year deal, which well, was six thousand years would be. You know, six days that that, that you know, uh, and then well, the reason then, I, I, I like a few years from now. Well, what I wanted days, to, no. What I wanted to say is that um, to cap off that answer, Lance is the reason I chose that path is because, um, you know, when Jesus was teaching on the earth, most of his teaching was practical, but in Matthew twenty four, he takes this turn and he goes prophetical. And, and he speaks this line about the end of the earth in Matthew 24, 36. And he says, but about that day and, or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. And so, you know, a lot of people have tried to pinpoint, and you've right. seen the predictions over the year. A lot of people try to pinpoint when the world's going to end. And I think it's important to realize that Jesus himself said, only God knows this timeline. Now, I mean, we can we can come up with an estimate, uh, but I think it would be, you know, foolish. Because, right. In God's terms, it could be seconds. But it, I mean, well, yeah. it's it's unknown. It's, it's just, unknowable to us. Going back to the is. comment from one of the listeners saying, "We can't truly comprehend the creation of the universe." Well, we can't truly comprehend. Well, sorry, we can comprehend God to the point that we can be in a relationship with Him. Uh, and be saved by his grace through Jesus's works on the cross. But can we fully understand the mind of God? I would say no. And that's one thing that I tell people when I talk about heaven is that even when Christians make it to heaven, I don't think they will be like God because there's one God. They will be known, fully known, and they will be perfect. But I still don't think you would be able to fully comprehend God um, and just how incredibly 
I, and there's no words for it. How much it's further? Like they, do you... they will be uh, they'll be able to do whatever they want to in that realm. But God's the only one that goes out of that realm. You know, I, that's the way I look at heaven, anyways. It's like you, yeah, you know, I, you're, well, you're perfect mean... in that realm, but the God's like the one that can control everything else, and you're within that realm. Yeah, it's existing outside of time, and being able to to look at it almost like you. It's like if you look at a picture. I'll, I'll use an apple again, or fig. Let's go with fig. Uh, if you look at a picture of a fig, that's that's a two dimensional uh, portrayal, and then looking at an actual fig would be the three dimensional. And I've heard somebody describe it like this. To look at it in the next dimension would be able to see the entire duration of the existence of of that fig. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So it, is that what is that is that what happens when you die? For instance, or do you? Yeah, Cole, what happens when you die? Do you, do you <laughs> like like I think I think about this. Like, do you do you transcend to that dimension? where you can look at at time in a you know in a linear way like this you can just see it does that make sense yeah yeah i mean i think uh, you know again going back to the story of creation we are more than our physical bodies um which is the great the most awesome argument against pornography consumption is saying you're more than your physical body. You're not just a physical body. Um, so I think when, when, when we die, uh, our bodies do die, but our souls do depart to be judged, uh, to be judged by God. And I think that is instant. Um, and so, you know, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, the scripture says, behold, all souls are mine. Uh, the soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sin shall die. Um, and, and constantly through scripture, uh, especially in Paul's letter to the second Corinthians, uh, to the church in Corinthians, he says, we all have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And so, um, I think when I, they are rushed into the presence of God, which is either the greatest moment of your life or the single worst moment of your life. <laughs> Um, God put it in perspective. And, and so, um, because, you know, again, to, to do my diligence as a pastor here, uh, you know, Paul in the book of Romans says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So um, what he's saying is that this moment where you're rushed to eternity does not have to be this moment that you're prepared for, because it will come. Uh, everyone dies. That's something that you cannot. Um... Uh oh. It's like the earth is a test. I think we lost Cole again. Uh oh. Yeah. We're here. And uh, and that's the test. Let's yeah. get Cole back on. I, I think go ahead. In the meantime, I'm I'm wondering about and I, I'm I'm anxious to hear what he says. I'll repeat it when he gets back on. The uh the rapture now, is that obviously that's uh, spiritual? I guess the we're gonna have to do a part two. Yeah, I, I agree. This is this is great. 
it is great. This this is like yeah. this is like the most fascinating thing ever. I love I love this timeline here, and how like human government kind of is you know every, uh, that is included. That's underneath promise, law, grace, etc. Yeah, uh, I, I've never looked. I've I've never seen this timeline. This is very interesting. The um, fact that human government be under promise, law, grace, tribulation. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I was just going on a rant. What happened? I'll it, it dropped. We're, we're out. talking about a part two because oh, okay, yeah. you know but, we we came to this podcast with like a few questions just to just to, uh just to you know skirt on the outskirts of really what is going on here and i think we really like dug a hole that we're all interested in but a, it's just a mel's hole a mel's hole if you haven't listened to that episode episode two i listened to that one too. i have no idea but um but seriously like we could go on for days about this because it really is one thing after another that is so interesting that we're all really interested in but well, I... uh, there is a part two needed yeah, I guess uh, the most interesting thing uh, uh, from this is uh, you when said will Jesus that... Christ return, Cole? I see <laughs> there's ready. a little mark right here. Uh, <laughs> will you give us the year? I really got to get my my finances in order. Nah, man, you need to get your life in order. Got him. Got him. I like what you said, Cole. Though you said uh, the difference between <laughs> God and humans. Is that he can create from nothing, and and we can't do that. We must have something to create. Never thought about that before. That's that's blowing my mind. It kind of explains the whole Big Bang theory. We're thinking, what happened before? What happened before? Well, you know, uh, Peter's Peter's going to be up for the next thirteen days. Straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep thinking about that. Just same damn shirt. Thinking. Hat. <laughs> hmm. I I thought about that though. Like. You think the Big Bang theory, like what happened? What happened? What, what? Well, there's your answer to God. It's like if you if you don't know, then then it has to the beyond to God because we can't physically know anything well, uh, close to what is actually going on. Well, know. what I appreciate about the discussion of this timeline is, I mean, uh, a, a secular person hearing this this type of discussion, you know, they would like flip out, you know. To, to question uh, all of this, uh, you know, science with a dollar sign uh, is, uh, is blasphemous. Uh, but uh, this also, this also uh, connects with, uh, you know, the, the shape of the earth, uh, the nature of our reality. I, th- I think it's all connected because it all counters the, the mainstream narrative and uh, it's just all this. This is all beginning to. The, I've, I've never really thought too much about the the date. I always always thought about carbon dating not being, you know, the the end all be all. Um, and it, you know, of course, all anything can be manipulated. All the the winners of all the wars have manipulated history uh, throughout history. So we're we're just we're just in between. We're, this it's the age of of, of what, what were the three types of misinformation? There was misinformation, disinformation. What was the third one that we're uh, going to get flagged for? <laughs> oh, it's no it's a, it's malinformation. That's a new uh, word that I just learned. Yeah, so there's there's disinformation, 
misinformation, misinformation and, and malinformation now. It's all very Orwellian, but I think I, I think going into the Orwellian times is uh it's it's lining up with this stuff here. I I I'm inclined to agree that uh we're we're heading towards some sort of cataclysm of biblical proportions. Um, do you think there's like a, you know, a lot of people talk about it, uh, a cataclysm event in that, you know, like a meteor or something like that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I tend to tend to not, um, go that route. You know, if you look at the, towards the beginning, uh, especially in Genesis, we see, uh, God, uh, irate with humanity and vows to destroy them in the flood and uh, albeit from from pre preserving the line of man through Noah and at the end of the flood you know God is saying I'll never do that again basically paraphrase I'll never flood the earth again but we see but what we see in later parts of scripture in the New Testament, is that fire will rain down from heaven and consume the earth. Right. Um, and so where, whereas I don't think God will, I do think God will destroy this earth um, and will create a new heavens and a new earth. I think scripture is, is clear on that. Um, whether what's the, the medium for that happening, I can't say. Raining uh, fire could, you know, uh, be interpreted. Maybe, right. maybe it's like a, you know, uh, uh, an event from, from the sky. And it just, it, it just gets too damn crazy. And God says, you know what? I'm done with it. No, and, no, and, no, you're wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and he, and he, and he keeps the souls that have a right oh. to go to heaven. And then, and then, well, no one has a right. They have, uh, repented of their sins and, and, okay. and, and, and they are viewed through the lens of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the one that has the right. The only reason I disagree is that's because it's a, it's a period of grace. It's not as if God gets tired of it, but it's, it's that God says, okay, enough is enough. Uh, the grace, the grace period is over. Um, I have given people ample amount of time to repent and they haven't. And so now that option is no longer on the table. Um, Sounds like a conversation I have with my five-year-old. <laughs> because if, because if God, you know, from, from jump street, he, he should have been like, this is ridiculous. But right. what you have seen is thousands and thousands of years of patience and grace and forgiveness towards people that can't seem to learn how to do the right thing, myself being the chief of that. Uh, so, um, yeah, sorry. To, I just had to rebut. No, 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 that's great. That's great. Now I'm going to go home and, and reflect on that, and I'm, I feel bad for answering wrong. Well, you are home. So, <laughs> I am home. <laughs> So, um, Cole, did you, Cole, did you want to go over the second, the second, uh, the second chart you sent me, or is it? No, is it, it's uh, just a, it's just a. Oh, look at this thing! It's a uh, couple questions, for one, because wow. there's going to be a part two to this. There has to be. There has yeah. to be a part two. There's so much information. We've gone through uh, just a small percentage of really what we wanted to talk about tonight, but uh, there's a lot of information out there. So, for one. Cole, hmm. do you believe that scripture says the earth is flat on pillars? Any firm? What, what do you believe on that? Um, and then, uh, two, you know, uh, do you believe that the earth is 6,000 years old? 
Do you believe it's older, younger? Uh, just your overall uh, consensus on everything we've kind of covered tonight. I don't. I don't believe the Earth is flat. Uh, please still be friends with me, Pete. Um, oh no, no, no! I no. This is this is great. You son of a! <laughs> You're off the pod. Don't worry. Uh, it it takes two years. I'm just kidding. You'll be on in a year from now. We'll talk about it then. Gonna haunt you. Play a flashback. <laughs> um, I don't believe. Uh, I I haven't uh, found anything in 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 scholarship and and those that. Um, I respect that teach that the earth is flat. Um, but it also, you know, like I was talking about with geocentrism and heliocentrism, it's not that the Bible really teaches either. Um, it's that that is the cosmological makeup of the universe is not the, the prime, uh, the prior, the, you know, the a priori message of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have not really concerned myself with that. Um, to date i'm not saying it's useless it's just um, not something i've ever looked into so i can't give an answer but I, I don't particularly think the earth is flat um and what was the last thing you said we're gonna have grady on actually for a pilot episode of the flat earth so even though you can't answer on the flatness of the earth he might uh, have a better you know grady play the bass slap the bass uh, we're gonna have him on to discuss that i did uh jokingly ask him uh when i saw him I was like, so man, uh, when you're flying the plane, do you have to continually like, uh, like dip the nose to account for curvature? And he was like, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, gotta, and, and then I got obsessed all over again. Um, uh, and oh, then, you know, we're going to go over flight patterns too. That's another smoking gun. Yeah. We'll have him on next couple of weeks. That's yeah. The, the, the other question Lance had was the age of the Earth. Um, I do believe the Earth is 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 much younger than uh, um, we are told. Uh, I do the, too. Exa the exact date. Wow. I, I don't know. Um, you know, in the comments, uh, one listener put there's a there's a replica of the Ark built in Kentucky, and that's true. It's uh, it's by a uh, a creationist scientist called Ken Ham. My parents have been there, and they had dinosaurs. On the yeah. ark, yeah, I think dinosaurs. Say are real. what? Um, but anyways, the, the 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 company is called Answers in Genesis, and so if you have any, uh, if you're interested in the biblical uh, take on the short or, or the young Earth, I would say that's a great place to go. Um, these guys are authentic scientists. They're not, you know, people like me that don't really um, that know the Bible decently well, but don't know science. They know both very well. Um, but I do think the earth is, is younger than it is older. Um, I, I just, um, and I, I think especially if you study the flood and it's in its cataclysmic uh, effects on the earth, I think that really, uh, makes sense with, with what we have now. Um, I do think dinosaurs were, were real. I don't think that every single dinosaur was the size of the empire state building. I think that some of them were large, but I don't think that every single one of them right. uh, was were large. And I do think that they were also in the ark. Um, you know, again, I can't. Um, uh, that's my literal taking of God's word. Um, I do. If you think about the years uh, when when they did the ark, you might have you know two of each on the ark, but there's a little bit of evolution that goes on within 
if you believe in 6,000 years. Well, there was I, I a guy that came up there on Instagram, and I say Instagram because that's where I got the original thought from this, was the guy said, you know, let's take a graph and let's look at 6,000 years and how people reproduce. And to have billions of people on Earth only takes a few thousand years. Yeah. It does not take millions well, of years, hundreds I of thousands of years. What we have to, uh, you know, distinct or to define the terms is that uh, like Charles Darwin's evolution versus, you know, natural evolution, I think, are, and again, I'm speaking outside of my lane here, but it's very clear that we have evolved as humans. I mean, we're, we're, we're much, we live uh, fairly longer. Uh, we're, for the most part, we're a lot taller than we used to be. Um, we, you know, we, um, find it interesting. That many oh yeah. The flood story is, is reoccurring because yeah, it happened. <laughs> yeah. And anyway. it's, it's going to happen uh, again yeah. because of climate yeah. change. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> let's not show especially, especially at Martha's Vineyard. Hey, let's get in. <laughs> let's get on that. All right. You have a couple of hours, don't you, Cole? Um, <laughs> well, let me, Finish my. <laughs> I'm joking. No, we're gonna finish up our podcast here shortly, and we're gonna have a part two on all this other stuff. I do think. I mean, I I think you know, um, I don't think saying that like evolution of animals and and, and even the human race from a from a. Uh, I don't think we've evolved from something that we weren't, but I do think that we've changed. I do think that. Um, you know, I don't think we've changed greatly, uh, but and I certainly don't think we came from from primates. But um, do you, you know, think I, adaptation would be a better word? Yeah, I think you're right, Peter. Adaptation. Yeah. I mean, we we adapt to our. I mean, if you look at the different uh, ethnicities of the world, there are certain ethnicities that are more fit for climates than others. And yeah, uh, geographical stuff, you know. And yeah, but, um, but the old past has been hundreds of years for that. Uh, ice ages, thawing of the oceans, you know, like thawing of the ice and creating uh, different um, pathways through Earth for people to migrate, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. But we're talking thousands at this point, which could yeah, still be. To me, to think about the Earth being 6,000 years and how that's counter uh, to the mainstream is is uh, you know equally as significant as saying that you know you know questioning the the cosmos or in our place in the universe i think i think it's equally as significant as that and uh uh i i where was i going with that so so basically i lost my train of thought i lost it completely God. well we'll save some time there then i guess <laughs> Somebody remember for me, damn it. Evolution. Adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah, like uh calling calling all that stuff into question. Um I I just don't see how if if that much time has passed. I, I did see this one uh uh this TikTok video saying like if that much time has passed. And all all of these humans have lived throughout all this time. Where, like, somebody pointed this out. Like, where's all where the bones? all the bodies? Yeah, and I was like, where's wow, I never thought about because that. Because it goes back to that video that the guy said, 
for people to double themselves, triple themselves, you think you have a one family and they have three or four kids, right? Uh, let's assume, you know, times. So they have five kids, four of them die. You have one. Even with that odd against them, the population would still be uh, so much more than it would be. Like it, it only takes thousands of years to get to 6 billion people rather than yeah. hundreds of thousands of years. And that was the whole point. And you have these collapses of, of you know, these uh, epidemics that come through and kill off hundreds of thousands of population, you know, and you still have room for that uh, inaccuracy of uh, that kind of stuff going on. You, you still have that amount of people here. It only takes thousands of years to populate the earth rather than hundreds of thousands that were to believe and the ice ages and, you know, crawling through different channels that were frozen, the oceans that were frozen and coming over to North America and coming down to South America, all that could have happened during the last few thousands of years versus hundreds of thousands of years. And that's the whole point of the 6,000 year uh, in the scripture of the chronological order of uh, uh, Eve to whatever it was we were discussing earlier, whatever the topic was. So you lost your train of thought too. I'm failing one. No, it's just crazy. It's like we think it's hundreds of thousands of years to do all this. It's really not. People populate so quickly that it only takes hundreds of years to get to that point, not hundreds of thousands of years. Right. Because the most recent thing right now, that human population is 300,000 years old. Right. That's what they're saying. Three hundred thousand years old for human yeah, population. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not and buying that's it either. Like three or four times in the past, you know, few years. My gut has always told me not uh, like something was something was up with that. It's just too. You laugh at that, but you believe in flat Earth, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm see. We went over the hollow stuff too, and that 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 was that made things even more complicated, but uh. It's all one big rabbit hole. It really is, man. But like, again, uh, the the big takeaways uh, for me, and I do want to talk more about the rapture. Like, I want to know if like the process of the rapture is like when you ascend. Is that is that death? Uh, no, I um. Do you mean like you you die? Yeah, and that and that's how you ascend to heaven, or is it a is it a different type of you know? Yeah, I, I think it's different. I think, um, you know, in the Old Testament, when, when we see the uh, the prophet Elijah, uh, you know, the scripture says he was there, then he, he no longer was, but was with God. I think that's what that means. Uh, mm -hmm. He didn't die. He just was no longer here. Um, and so I think that's what the rapture is, 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 is Christians, um, those that have placed their, their faith in Christ, uh, being taken from this earth into the next. I have seen it depicted as like they'll disappear and, and just their clothes are left. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I, that's Hollywood course, though. It's like yeah, living, there, it's there like living of... Peter's house party. <laughs> no, gosh. <laughs> one time, one time, my brother came home from work and he he took he took his pants off in such a way like he slipped out of his pants and his boots, so his pants. 
his boots were inside the pants and it was standing up. And I walked in and I was like, oh my God, the rapture. Have you, have you seen the TikTok videos <laughs> of people uh, trick people into thinking that? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, what a great prank. Uh, yeah, give it a look. Um, now I know how to prank yeah, my religious no, buddies. Yeah, that... <laughs> oh man. You know, I don't I don't think it's uh I don't know about I don't know what will happen with clothes. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where this is going. There's a sound I clip. Mean, Abercrombie and Finch might fall through, but uh Tommy Hilfiger uh, yeah, seems to always come through generation yeah. after generation. Uh no, this is this is so fascinating because like I feel I feel like things things are heading in the direction of the the end times, if you will. And it's fascinating to hear you say that. But also, I didn't think about like uh, that being uh, that starts with uh, you said it started with the death of Christ. Uh, you think that the end times began the ascension of Christ. So, so okay. Jesus you know, at age 33 was crucified and then laid in the grave for three days and then defeated death. And then he walked earth again, uh, for a short period of time and then ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God, uh, where he will be and is now until he comes a second time. So I think once he ascended after, uh, defeating death, that was the that marked the the last days because now uh, historically speaking, before Jesus came, and the, all of the Old Testament is pointing to this moment in time where this Messiah comes. Well, then in the Gospels, especially in the Book of Luke, we get this story that's often read at Christmas where we hear of Jesus being born. So now we're in this new period, this period of the Messiah. He's been born. Well. You know, the Bible, which I think is very, very telling, is that we don't know about Jesus when he was a child. And I think that's because he was perfect. He's the only person to ever be perfect. So he was just a kid. He lived his life obedient to God and to his earthly family. And then at age 30, we see him, he gets baptized and he begins his earthly ministry. And so we're still in this period of the Messiah. But then when he dies and rises again, and ascends into heaven, the Messiah is no longer on earth. And so now we're waiting for him to return. And so I think that's the last days. And uh, I think it's very clear in scripture. And uh, they thought it would be uh, very soon. Um, you know, you can read some of their letters and they're eagerly awaiting his return. Um, and I think that's one thing uh, in the church that we have uh, done a poor job of is we've gotten comfortable thinking that Jesus is not going to come back anytime soon that we can just live our lives and do whatever we want and go to heaven and, and everything will be fine. What are right? the odds? Put in your odds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. a, uh, th I think that's a good place to leave off our episode or the first part of this. Uh, a part two is definitely, definitely warranted. Yes, I, I would, yes, I would yes. think. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, let me go ahead and give a, a quick few plugs real quick. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we are live on Twitch at room 2008 ENT. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Same thing at room 2008 ENT. Uh, 
emails the same room 2008 ent at gmail.com if you got any comments on this show any recommendations any questions for cole um you know that we can ask him you know p- please feel free to chime in uh so let's go ahead and just give some quick you know 30 second to a minute final thoughts lance uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on. Give us some expertise in this subject because we all have different views. And uh, I think this was a a great topic to start on. I can't wait for part two. Yep, yep. How about you, Peter? Oh, man, uh, a lot of this was just so interesting. I've, I've, I've been waiting a long time to really kind of ask these questions to, you know, it's so hard to broach the subject with people. And, I, and I, I'm really glad uh, – you're a good sport and got got to listen to this craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cole. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and give your final thoughts as well. If you if you want to plug anything, um, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're on social media where people can follow you or anything like that. Book out. <laughs> your, your, movie, your movie coming up. <laughs> I'm not on. Uh, I'm not on any social medias. <laughs> um, you heard no, about Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I read the news. Um, I, I thank you guys so much for having me on. I, I, I don't feel that I'm an expert, but uh, it's it's fun to be with you guys. It's fun to chat. I, I, I would love to come back. Uh, I'll try to do a little more preparation, but it was a wonderful time. Uh, and, yes, I would like to plug the Bible. The great, greatest book of all time. So which, which version uh, and which year? Because, you know, that was part of our podcast, the years and the versions. And New Ameri- Let's see if I can get this up. New American Standard. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. I think it was released in 1960. Okay. There you go. From the nice. man himself, think, the new American standard. <laughs> thinking about getting your hands on any, uh, any older versions. I have a new King James. I mean, I have, a, I have almost, I have all of them. I would say all of the major ones. Oh, wow. King James. Too. I have the, I mean, also I have a Hebrew Bible and a Greek Bible. Cool. There's just something, nice. uh, mysterious about older bibles you know mm-hmm. like where the pages are bigger and the script is cleaner and well, uh on the next podcast i'll give you a uh little history on that it's there the, the oh, art yeah. the art of older bibles is is certainly worth uh talking about yes let's do it that's part two that's gonna that's be the episode good. name right there the art of older bibles <laughs> 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 all right cool. that, i want to Thank you again for uh, yeah, man. Thanks. And, that was fantastic. With us. That was Thank probably you, the best first guest we'll ever have. Um, <laughs> no, but, ser- but seriously, Drop this was probably. A- <laughs> this is a really good, really good episode. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. We definitely appreciate it. We're going to do this again. So, uh, with that being said, for everybody, uh, Room Two Thousand Eight is out. <laughs> <laughs>